Hello and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Rand Dunnigan, and today we have a returning special guest. Uh, Wesley, what's up? Magic Johnson. It's actually Magic Johnson. <laughs> Just Thanks for coming back on, man. Yeah. I, I got my Magic Johnson basketball still in my house. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I've had How's the it. treatment working for you? Have it for years. How's what working for me? The treatment working for you. But, well, you know, I own all the Starbucks. I'm, you know, uh, uh, run the Lakers, and me and LeBron get along great. Get along so great. And uh, it's just, you know, it's just magic. It's a magic. It's a magic time to be Magic Johnson. So, oh, very fitting. Very fitting. <laughs> well, and Wes no, is it's... always fun to have on the show too. We've, a, yeah. you know, had him multiple times. I've been on his show a few times, and so on, and just always talking good times of movies, having laughs, oh, yeah. and uh, nothing but fun times to be had. I agree. I agree. I love I love uh talking to movies, talking to the cinema <laughs> with y'all. And uh this is this is a uh interesting one we're gonna talk about today. So I, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to dissect this masterpiece. Oh, and this is what I think I'm, the last time oh sorry, the last time you were on was great it was the getaway, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, getaway yes. in nineteen seventy two. Old Steve McQueen. Oh, such, such a good movie. But uh, actually, this movie this Steve. week that we're talking about is one of my all-time favorite films out there. But uh, before we go any farther than that, Wes, what have you been up to? Um, I've just been a, a crazy nomad traveling the world, uh, not really doing a whole lot of anything great, I guess. I I, I started this YouTube thing. I've been doing some uh, film projects and stuff with that. And um, I decided to keep it, you know, come back down to earth a little bit, keep it a little more terrestrial. So I'm going to start doing the podcast again. So I, I'm uh, working on relaunching via VHS. It should be up um, at the latest uh, January. Uh, but I'm trying to get some episodes out in the next week or two. And it's going to be a little different. But um, I'm, I'm excited to talk movies again and go back and talk to the 70s, 80s, and 90s and the old uh, the via VHS stuff. So I'm, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Can you great. say what the – can you say what the uh, YouTube projects you've been working on are? Was it was it like more like a narrative or like kind of the dissection of like movies, something kind of like that? I was being really dumb and going to abandoned places <laughs> and uh, uh, traveling to historic places and stuff like that. And um, I'm still going to do that, but I'm going to do it more of a hobby because uh, you know the wife has a kid on the way and stuff. So I'm like, I should probably oh, congratulations. Stay I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So, so wandering west will go even farther. <laughs> just like keeps going, <laughs> never to return, like... constantly wandering. <laughs> I'm going to go come back on Gulliver's travels. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go pick up some cigarettes. So I'll be, like, he doesn't smoke. <laughs> wait a second. That means he's never returning. Yeah, wait a minute. That could very easily lead to like a Scooby-Doo-esque situation. Like, what are you VHS kids doing out here? Like, oh, yeah. abandoning, like, you're checking out this old abandoned coal mine? Like, turns out it was old man McMillan the whole time. <laughs> that creepy, perverted bastard. Every time it's him. Just going it was a time. creepy old dude in a, in a fucking latex mask. At least ninety percent of the time, it was like it was, it was usually it's the property owner and some kind of real estate scheme most of the time. Or at least that's what they would say. Wasn't it always like the first person you see in the show, like the first person you meet? And now it went. It would be, be something like that. Now, if there, if somebody came in like, oh, there was a fucking monster, huh? It was that guy, and there's somebody working <laughs> with him. Villain mm. yeah. bastards. <laughs> Yeah, they always like to do that too, or like it's just like 
you know what? It's just going to be the guy who's just trying to save his property. You know what I mean? Like, things, he, he had some dark, you know, times going on and, you know, lost some money in the stock market. And now he's, you know, running the haunted amusement park. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh they always have good motives. I feel like most of them. They, they never really have the one where they just came across like you know a Mexican cartel like dropping bodies and right. barrels of acid. Oh fuck! Okay, yeah. we thought there was just like some haunted Aztec temple here. This is something else <laughs> entirely different. We got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Scooby was never like sex trafficking. <laughs> like that never happened. <laughs> like Zoinks, dude. <laughs> like they're all underage. Call the cops. <laughs> it's okay. Scooby. Fred's like, no, just Fred's just like, let's just give this a minute, guys. Wait a second. She's passed out asleep here. I think we need to investigate this farther. What do you say, gang? <laughs> oh man, Fred would do that. Let's oh, see if she has any little... drugs underneath her skirt. On this side of the border, gang. Fred, what? It's not God's country. <laughs> Bunch of dirty heathens. <laughs> Fred was always a little rapey. Uh, it was the next shift. Yeah. Never. Never. Oh yeah, totally. There's always that stuff going on. But um actually really when I I know he says before the podcast, but it's like well, my favorite types of Scooby Doo is like once they get to like the eighties when the monsters start to be real. Like I, I like that more than just having like the yeah. that mystery. I guess it's like you know, there's a thing about the mystery solved, but after a while, you're like, well, it's always this, it's always some guy in there. When's it gonna be a real monster? And then when the '80s came around, I was like, oh, now it's all real. Now there's here's monsters and everything like that. And in fact, it's mostly Scooby and you know Shaggy just dropped the rest of the gang. <laughs> See yeah. that where it's like they dropped the rest of the gang and just maybe started doing heavier drugs and maybe the monsters <laughs> still aren't real. <laughs> just imagine that Scooby sure had a cousin. Scooby's real, honestly. <laughs> Well, Daphne, Daphne was trying to like be mother hen and trying to like kind of get Shaggy and Scooby clean. Fred and Vel- Fred, like Velma, she's like, "Look, I'm going back to college. I gotta finish my degree. I was this fucking close to you guys. Talk me into getting into your fucking van." Fred's just looking for fucking trim. That's all Fred's doing. And I like how Velma's like, "I was this close to getting a degree in '68. It's now 1983." <laughs> <laughs> and but and that, that I mean, you don't I guess you don't know because in that one like uh Vincent Price was their Zordon like you gotta catch all thirteen of the fucking ghosts you know so you don't really know was was Vincent Price really there or were they like gosh Scoob we were watching the movie and Vincent Price started talking back to us I, I'm pretty sure like and like you know there's like Scrappy Scrappy was hanging out with them by yep. that point That's I don't think Scrappy was I don't think I think Scrappy was like juicing because he's kind of buff for being as small as he is. Oh yeah, he's 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 either um, he's on that pit bull HGH, you know when they put him on the sleds and are like pulling the tires and stuff. Yep, that was that was Scrappy. He was he was he was um he was part of a legal dogfighting ring originally. Yeah, he was a forerunner in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know where I've been, Uncle Scoob. You have no idea. Come on, hit me again. <laughs> Yeah. I've seen some shit, Scoob. I've seen some shit. <laughs> just like the last, ep- the the last, cause you know, like the thirteen ghosts just like ended, and there was never like a final episode. It just got canceled. Well, instead, what it is like the mysterious final episode is just kind of cuts. It just shows like Scooby and Shaggy like laying out on this couch, and the TV's just on, but it's just the static screen going. <laughs> it's just a whole <laughs> pile of drugs on the table. 
as a slow zoom out, you just hear like Vincent Price laughing demonically. Credits. Yeah, crackling through like the TV. It's just yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Well, I would like to see a version of this, like a modern version of this, a really scary version, where Scooby's still the same age, right? But you have the old version of all these people. So like Christopher Lloyd's definitely playing uh, Shaggy. In this version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know who's playing the rest of them, but probably Mill Gibson is going to be one of them. <laughs> Just get the craziest old Velma. people you could find. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and yeah. Mill Gibson is Velma. Yeah. <laughs> we need a Mickey Rourke in there somewhere. Just going to throw him in there and just it's have like Fred. a little. Yeah. 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 Well, see, mm. Bill Gibson would work as Belma because, you know, he has worn, like, a skirt before, you know, like in Braveheart, you know, with the kilt. So it, w- it wouldn't be that yeah. far off. <laughs> yeah, and he knows what women want. Yeah, he does. He knows. Did you, he did knows. you see that now so, Now we're going to learn what men want in a, in a new remake of that? I did see that. Yeah. I did see that. I did see that. That's sad. I, I saw that when I was watching, like, Creed 2. I was like, what? I'm like, is this fucking what women want? Where the hell's Mel Gibson at? <laughs> like, oh, they have a trailer for it? Yeah, there was. There was one oh, on Creed 2. There was the trailer for that movie. Apparently, it's going to be red band, so at least it's a little bit more accurate. Okay. All I like right. how what what men, what women want was PG thirteen. What men's want is apparently rated R. Yeah. yeah I haven't watched. I heard there's a red band trailer. Huh. There's no way that anything going through Mel Gibson's mind is not R rated. <laughs> like, there's no way. I don't care. Yeah, it's just it's not well, happening. Chappelle's show already did like the greatest bit on that. There's like there's that movie What Women Want. You did the other version of that. What men want. That would be the most vile fucking movie ever. And this girl just, this lady just walks into this into this elevator with all these guys. Like, man, I want to jam my fingers up that ass. Like, oh, fuck. Like, all at once. Like, all these guys, all at once. This little kid walks in. And, he's, and he just, she just, he just looks at her like, I give that bitch the hurting. And then she, then she walks out. And all the guy, all, all the men in the room in the elevator just turn and like, oh, damn. <laughs> they just knew. Damn. This like, moment of camaraderie. Like the movie, they already summed it up in that little three-minute sketch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This, this one just feels yeah. like it's going to be the toned-down version of that. Oh. I mean, I know it's rated R, but it's just, you, yeah, I don't feel like it's going to be that that version. No, no, you can't, you can't do a real version of that. There's no theater that would accept it. No, that, that no, would be, that would be beyond NC 13. NC 17. I almost said NC 13. <laughs> be beyond that too, but it'd be so <laughs> like bad from anything. Be like, no, no, you cannot say that. Cause it'd be all the words that are apparently not, you know, allowed to be said anymore. It would be, that's all you would hear as the movie went on. Yeah. <laughs> you want a band, you want a bad song of the South. Well, wait till you see this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man! Band movies in America: Song of the South, 1984. What men want? <laughs> yeah. Our version. Yeah, yeah. No, this oh this God. one. Yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of looked like it was in the same line as like the Overboard remake. You know. Though I, I will say though this this what men want. I mean, when when I watched the trailer, it was one of those ones where it's like. You know, it didn't look as bad as I thought it was going to be. When it, when it first, when, okay. it, when it popped up, I was like, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, that, there, were, there were some funny moments in there. I mean, like, it was one of those ones. Like, it was, if anything, a well-put-together trailer. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, all, all in all, I mean, no, that don't feel like if you, if you didn't see it, it's not like you're probably missing out on anything. But if you did happen just to stumble across it, you know, it didn't look like it was that bad. It didn't look like one of those movies where you're like, oh, God, look at this. 
So you're getting a trailer in November. We're probably looking at a January release. That shit month. Like either like January, you're either an Oscar contender or you're, I mean, just a notch above straight to DVD. Like that's how. <laughs> you know what's funny though is like January and February though I think have some of the best movies of the year come out in that year, and I know, they do now. Yeah, because yeah. like people always put it down as that, but I'm like, here's an example. One of the best movies of this year so far, Hostiles. That came out in January. Yes. So good. Hostiles is good. Yeah, it's still in my. It's. I think it's still in my top five. I'd have to look, but it's if it's not, it's really close. Yeah, because I, I kind of really like was close. thinking in the background because I'm like, oh, we're coming up on you know our top ten of the year, you know, episode in January, and I was like, dude, mm-hmm. hostiles, like that's still high up there. It, nothing's mm-hmm. really knocked that down at all. So good. Mm-hmm. I agree. I there was one major flaw with that movie. Other than that, it was almost perfect. But I really, really liked it. There was one thing with one of the characters they just changed very like a little too, like drastically like all of a sudden like everything like his whole mindset changed but um other than that i, I it, first of all ben foster anything you put ben foster in i'm gonna watch that Always pretty much because especially in a western rated. whenever he's in a western like mm-hmm. hell or high water three yes. ten to yuma yes. that movie i wish he was in the movie a little bit longer he's this yeah. there to say a few villains i mean he's mainly a character actor you kind of bring him in and is even i even though i liked which call it um 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 Marky Mark, uh, he's the only one by the end. Uh, Lone Survivor, even though Lone oh, Survivor yeah, yeah. was, was in that. Of everybody to get me in that movie, I was like Ben Foster. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was like Ben Foster and Neil Hirsch, and I already like Mark Wahlberg, but I see him in a thousand other things. Yeah, yeah. give me, give us more Ben Foster, give us more Paul Dano, and I'm happy. Give me more Paul go. Dano too. Yeah, those are just those kind of actors. It's just like, I don't know why. They always get kind of put on, like, the C-list. Not C-list isn't bad, but they're always, like, third-rung characters, like, in movies. You never get to see them star. It's kind of like, um, also, what's his name from, um, from uh, oh, God, he was in Three Billboards. Um, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. He's another yeah. one of those guys, too. I he's think always one, supporting characters. He's always supporting, but he's, like, literally the best part in any movie that he's generally in. He's that good. I'm, I'm really excited yeah. for that W movie that's coming out where... He plays uh, Vice. Yeah, Vice. Vice looks good. Because I saw that trailer. He's playing W. Yeah. I didn't even like... recognize him for a second. You're my man. You're my VP. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, because that man is Dick Cheney. That's yeah. crazy when you think about it. I know. It's, it's actually kind of amazing. There's even that shot where it's just like, like Christian Bale just standing up, no sure. I'm like, shit, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I got my my belly's just hanging out here. Is he the new Daniel Day Lewis? I think he is. He kind of is. He's, yeah. he's definitely doing the Daniel. Like, Daniel Day-Lewis was like, I'm retiring. And Christian Bale's like, oh, there's an opening. Yeah. I'm going to take all your shit. <laughs> well, he's been doing it for a minute, but I don't think he's won any, like, award. I think he's won any Academy Awards yet. So he's, like, still on now. Now he's, he's like, Gary Oldman did the fat suit last year. I'm doing it this year. But I'm doing real fat. Like, I'm taking it up a level. <laughs> did Christian Bale win for, I think it was also a fat suit one. Uh, didn't he win for American, American, Hustle? American Hustle? I Maybe. thought he won for that. Maybe he Maybe. did. I'm like not sure if that was fat suit or if that was all him, but yeah. No, that was all Bale. You're getting all the Batman. The abs went away. The beer gut came in, and uh, I that's yeah, Dick Cheney too. I could see him going the full distance for Dick Cheney on that. Oh, he video. did. He, 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 dude, he's gonna kill himself doing that because he's been. Remember, he was uh, uh, the machinist. Yeah, and he was like yeah. super frail, and then he was like beefed up for Batman. Now he's been fat twice, and I don't know. 
That's got to be like a vacation for him. Just like, oh, God, I don't have to eat kale. I don't have to eat cauliflower. I just got to eat burgers for like three months and not do push-ups. This is like a vacation for me. Getting back in shape is going to suck. But, oh, God, yeah. I think think whenever he just like wants to be a fat, lazy fuck, he just decides, you know what? Let me play. Let me play Dick Cheney. Let me play this con man in the seventies. I think that's the reason he actually does these roles. I think. I, I picture what it like. Yeah, he no he. I picture him like in an Arby's, yelling at the attendants, <laughs> like eating like a lot of Arby's and just screaming at everybody, you bastard! You don't take this seriously. <laughs> like, take your job seriously. <laughs> God, that Dick Cheney one looks like there was actually more work to get into that shape than it was to get into Batman shape. Right. God. I mean, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, because then um, the other one, uh, fucking, what was that movie again? We were just talked about two seconds ago. Machinist? Not, or... not the Machinist, the American, American Hustle. Hustle. Yeah, that yeah. one is yeah. like, that's just like that slightly overweight thing. Like, that's that that wouldn't be too hard to get into. But this Dick Cheney one, if that's like all full real, that's like, that that's going the extreme distance. It, it is actually because there's a shot in the trailer where he's shirtless. I remember that now. Yeah, that's what I remember because he's yeah. just kind of like looking at the camera, like, like yeah, you're going to show yeah. up. <laughs> he's like, this is Batman on his day off. With like a couple, <laughs> a couple of spatulas just slapping it, like, come on, boys, let's I, do it. Well, actually, he's more dangerous than Batman Dick Cheney because Dick Cheney actually shoots people. <laughs> so like I, in a fight i don't know who i'm taking here i have to be honest it's a good point that is a good point this one's one that man he's gonna he's gonna like he's, he'll give you like something like just you're you're the, you're, the, you're a disgrace of crime. You are the, you know, just going to the monologue. Big Cheney's like, get out of here, queer. Shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> Call it an accident. <laughs> I thought it was a bird. We were hunting. Uh, yeah. How's that scene not going to be funny? I don't know. <laughs> no, they, like I saw it in the trailer. It looks like he just whips out his gun and shoots the guy. Yeah. I hope that's how it goes in the movie. He just. Well, it looks yeah. like it's in that Wolf of Wall Street type where it's like you get the biopic yeah. slash it's partially a comedy, too. And I, I love that style. Yeah. That's some of my favorite like movies. Like I think War Dogs did that. Um, American Made, which is my favorite movie of last year, did that. Like I love American Made. So good. Like That's one of the best styles. It's like give me a historical picture and just have that kind of like overlay of comedy in there. Like That works out really well. I mean, it's Adam McKay is directing it. So he's, you know, the other guys, the big short mm-hmm. Ant-Man and Command 2. So it's going to be funny. And Sam Adam Rockwell's McKay did Ant-Man? I thought that was that Ant- Was that him? I think what what was it the second uh, Ant-Man? He wrote the script or something. Um, um, I wasn't sure. I know um, he did a lot Peyton of work. Peyton Reed directed oh, Edgar okay. Wright wrote it. It started to, and then I think something happened. I think Adam McKay came in and maybe finished it. Yeah, he wrote oh. the screenplay. That's what happened. Okay. Yeah. I know that McKay, he does he mostly I think he was an SNL guy, then he done did a bunch of Will yes. Ferrell comedies. He did all the major ones like Anchorman and, and Talladega Nights and all that. Points. And yeah. And then did the big short, like, oh wow, this guy is actually people were surprised by that. Well, other thing about that was if you watch other guys, it gets oddly political in like real Wall Street at the very end. Like yeah. where that from. So he's like, I think I want to make a movie about that. <laughs> oh, and then Radius Machine plays in the credits. You're like, wait a second, what's going on here? I don't want to work on Maggie's farm no more. Saying, how many how many investors got away? And just like, 
I thought we were watching a Will Ferrell comedy. What happened here? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that was the movie? Oh, yeah, yeah movie where we went in and we're like we got like free movie tickets because like it was like we knew one of the people that worked at the theater and like oh i'll get you some free movie tickets and we're like awesome that's badass and we show up there and, she's, and then it's almost like the oh i don't know if i'm supposed to give these out. hey we, we were promised free movie tickets we ain't leaving until we get them like bullied our <laughs> way into it <laughs> don't tell us we drove all the way here not to get free stuff yeah, she just looked at us like, "Don't tell nobody." Just be very. She's like, "Thanks again, Jill." Shh, it's fine. Just, just take the tickets. Go the fuck in there. Don't look at me. Don't make eye contact. Like, all right, cool. I used to take. I used to get a text, and I take the trash out. I'm taking the trash out, guys. Taking the trash out, and I go out the other side of the door. And my pals would be waiting. I'm like, let's go in. Take the trash out, throw it away. We'd sneak them in. All right, you're seeing eight legged freaks, like it or not, bitch. <laughs> See, there was a time period where, like, sneaking in the movie theaters was just a Tuesday, and you know. Now, now, now they oh, just yeah. really just locked it down. So you know what? You can't be like. I just remember being a kid and getting dropped off on a Saturday at like nine in the morning, and then you didn't get picked up till about nine at night, and you just hung out the movie theater all day, like scavenging all for like day. popcorn and soda bottles and so on, <laughs> like some kind of wild dog in Mexico. Well, they'd have those guys file where they they'd have those guys that walk in the theater with like a little checkboard and like a little like light looking down, saying how many tickets for this movie, and look back and counting. And I remember there was like this initial fear in high school about like, what if they count and they realize the numbers off, and then I just mentioned, all right, guys, shut down the movie. Like, like light, like lights oh. come on, movie stops, bars come over the doors. Bought the fucking tickets. Let me see them. When I was that, first of all, we had a guy that did something like that. He would really? like take take check boards, but he didn't really kick anybody out. I was the guy. They're like, you're gonna kick people out, Wesley. Me and my buddy Jeremy were like, you guys are gonna kick people out. We never really did, but one night there was these little rascals acted particularly rowdy. I can't remember what movie it was in, but they were in one of the back theaters, so it was like at the end of its run, you know. Setting and up like firecrackers and like uh, they were just yelling and being obnoxious and saying stupid stuff and it wasn't funny and I didn't like it. And so nineteen twenties ball like little nineteen twenties like paperboy hats. So it just comes to mind when you say little rascals. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how they were. And uh, so Darla and no nah. anyway. So Thank you. I, I walked out of this theater and as I was I went in there and I heard them. I'm like, okay, if they don't sh- shut up, I'm gonna I'm gonna get them. As I'm walking out, I see a laser pointer on the floor. I said, oh, I'm oh I know what year this kids. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was around the same. It was probably Eight Legged Freaks, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, probably was that same showing. <laughs> probably the same one. So anyway, I went in there, uh, and uh, so I shined the laser. It was like a stadium seating, so you can't see who's walking in the door. So I walk in there. I shine the laser up on the screen, and people are laughing. I walk around the corner. Who's got the laser pointer? Who has got the laser pointer? And they're all like looking at each other. I said, if I find out who's got that laser pointer, I'm kicking you all out. Like, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I walk around, open the door, shut the door, wait about 30 seconds to shine it again. And all the kids would be like, who's got the laser pointer, guys? He's going to kick us out. (laughs) He's freaking out. I did that for a while. That was was a good time. Awesome. You just come in like a drill sergeant, like, well, 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 what we got here? Yeah, pretty much. much I had spurs on (laughs) I guess I was going up the steps. Uh, Yeah, I was was kind of a douche that day, but it was was worth it. They're children. Mm -hmm. They deserve it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They probably forgot about it by now, but I didn't. 
Here's the, the interesting thing. When was the last time you saw somebody just like whip out a laser pointer? <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about it. There was this like about like a five, six, maybe even seven year period where like laser pointers were like the fucking shit. Like, you know, if you were a kid, you had Everybody to get a, a fucking teacher. laser pointer. Like, dude, like why would you yeah. not have one? And of course, you'd always find the rich kids got like the $35 laser pointer. And you're like, fuck that kid. With like the, it, could, it, metal. it takes like the good batteries. Like you'd actually put like a triple A battery in there. You don't get a bunch of hearing yeah. aid batteries that cost like five times more than your laser pointer. <laughs> And he got it from Sharper Image. Yeah, you know, yeah. or Radio Shack or something like that. <laughs> uh, I just remember doing all kinds of stupid shit with, like, the laser pointers, like, kids. Like, you know, you'd be, like, driving down the road, and you're, like, shining into other people's cars like an asshole. <laughs> or being, like... Now that my... Yeah, you oh, you would be able to get away with that now. Well, I also remember this is the other one. I remember going to, like, cities, like San Francisco and so on, and shining it down <laughs> from the top of buildings. So it just probably looked like a sniper. I mean, like, as a kid, you're probably just thinking, like, dude, I'm just fucking dicking of this guy. You gotta be like, dude, what the fuck? You see him, like, slap his, like, shirt, like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> and then oh, you fucking man. duck and cover and, like, wait, and then pop back up and then shoot it across the street again and see if you can get that guy to fucking react. The Homeland Security would get you now. Oh, God, you couldn't do this now. You could have totally phone booth somebody, call someone on the phone booth, and then, like, you know, just point the little laser, like... <laughs> Shit, same time period. Reach above you. There will be, there will be an AK-47. Like, what? Do it! <laughs> See, the, the phone booth would have been 100% the laser pointer time period, like the dead center. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think... Yeah, I, think I better know. I think they went away when they uh, the people up the ante to the green ones that you could sign into the sky, like the legit ones that like you could shine on airplanes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, I think I think when they up the ante to that, shit got real, and they had to stop it. Well, that was the other thing too is like where people were getting in trouble for sh- shooting laser pointers up at like an airplane. I'm like that takes a fucking that takes some skill to hit an airplane with a laser pointer. <laughs> shit, it's already tough enough to shoot it like two hundred feet away. Like let alone yeah. to do that. <laughs> Last time we were using one of those things was the fuck around with a cat, you know, like, yeah. uh, like a few years ago. I think that's they still exist for that that point now to the torture small animals. Like I can't fucking get it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that, that was how they were initially sold. Walmart now. Hug <laughs> with your pets. Hey, <laughs> just really piss them off. Oh. But um. <laughs> Good old times with laser. But I know I still have a couple laser points. If I went, if I searched hard enough, I could probably find one. I bet you I got one in my like, my survival backpack and so on. Do you have one in your Air Force One fanny pack? I don't have it in my Air Force One. That's why I keep all my Game Boy games in. Oh, that's right. That's right. I knew you had a purpose for that. I did. I got two of those Air Force Ones that. because I didn't get my Devil's Advocate one. But I'm actually more grateful to actually have two Air Force <laughs> Ones. <laughs> Let me reach into my. Devil's Advocate fanny pack here. I kid you not, though. But that, that was the, the Air thing, Force One. You, you got them. Like, yeah. You bought the pay-per-view movies. And they, remember they used to give you free shit for getting pay-per-view back in the day? Well, I remember, like, we rented Air Force One and Devil's Advocate. And, like, we were supposed to get, like, an item from both of them. And instead, we just got two Air Force One bags. <laughs> so you didn't get your Devil's One. A Devil's Advocate fanny pack. That's, that sucks. <laughs> Where's my devil's advocate fanny pack? Oh, it's right by your um it's right by what woman want the what woman want visor. visor. I don't know. I'm surprised oh I never got some of what women want. I wanna say I remember getting that movie on pay per view too. Oh man. 
It'd probably be like a coin purse, like a what women want coin purse. Yeah. Or you, or you get like something that says like you know five obnoxious things women say. Do you like press it? It's got like different sayings. Yeah. On With it. a pin, and you click it every time. It's like take out the trash, honey, and click it. I'm just imagine. I remember like right next to the, right next to the, there's something about Mary like fucking like fucking t-shirt that came through pay per view has a picture of the dog and the cast or whatever. <laughs> Something about Mary Hair Jail. <laughs> I remember there was like one of those like saying things that's got like five phrases on it. And there was like a Mr. Rogers one. And one of the things was like, I like you just the way you are. <laughs> I just remember like wanting to get one of those and just going up to like people like going up to like a hobo be like, I like you just the way. <laughs> or you could just go up to just anybody else like down on their luck and press that button. If it was a hobo, you endanger yourself, him just jumping up onto his feet and like jerking off in front of you. Yeah, he'd be like, oh, God. You still like me? Jesus still love me? I'm going to fuck that machine off your hand. <laughs> wow, it got dark. It got dark real quick. No, those hobos get dark real. They don't take long for them to go down, you know, rape alley. But I won't, when, I, when I was in San Francisco, it was probably about six years ago now. Like that was like a whole different breed of uh of hobos. Like they were very aggressive. They're intense here. You could uh, the thing about hobos here in San Francisco is I don't know. You could you could bump into hobos other places and you know whatever they're homeless people. You know they just they vary from person to person. Here though, they are very aggressive. They get angry when you don't give them a dollar. They get or they'll give you shit. There's some now. I'll say this. You know because I I worked in a lot of tourist spots. There's some that are just you know. People down on luck that are just trying to get by who aren't mm. hassling. But there are those who full on just like throwing shit at people in the middle of the fucking street. It's not like, like I mean, it's not like full on Mad Max, but on a bad day in the financial <laughs> district, you, if you squint hard enough, like maybe. Yeah. I had a hobo come up and do a flying kick hit. to me, like in the richest part of San Francisco, like one day and then keep running. Yeah, literally. It was like that. It was like that moment where like, you were standing there, and you were so like, what the fuck just happened? So you don't react. You know, like, and five minutes later, as you're walking down the street, you're like, oh, someone would have fucking kicked that guy's ass if he would have stuck around. You know what I mean? Like, but at the moment, you're like, the fuck just happened? Like, he just came flying. He literally did, like, a flying kick, and it, like, hit me in the chest, and he, like, bounced off. And it's like, it didn't knock me over or anything. It was like, it was more just like, well, those moments, like, the fuck is going on? And then he just, like, starts running off in the other direction. And it's like, I was still going, like, the fuck is going on this is like the richest section of of like san francisco and like where this guy come from you like i, I wish that kind of happened to me when i was there i know a cool story like oh i got roundhouse kicked by fisherman's wharf the other day yeah. there's this one he looked like I he was in like the ninja the, turtles this... video game coming at me <laughs> just like one of the beat-em-up guys that come across in level one yeah, just doing like a flying yeah. judo kick no there's like um, i said this on the show before like probably like a two or three years ago, but um, we'll get to Maximum Overdrive here in a second. But there is like this at one time, because I used to work at this bike rental company and one of the locations was over in Fisherman, not Fisherman's Wharf, uh, by Fisherman's Wharf over at the ferry building. And over there, it's kind of the worst. It's kind of like Mad Max in training. There's a one point guy, uh, there was one point in time, a guy like on a bicycle wearing a Spider-Man mask with a swastika covered on it. And then like military gear, like not military gear, but I guess a camo, camo, like mm. old beat up, torn up camouflage. And 
he was just walked around with a fucking machete on his belt. Like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Anyway, so there's one time, not that guy, but this one guy was just kind of like this drunken belligerent asshole with like a box of like Coors Light was just like nudging to be like, oh, fuck out of my wife, move, move. And he started cutting literally through our bike display. And there was this little like seven-year-old German kid that was just waiting in line for his bike. And he bumps into this kid, looks down, like, fuck you. And then, and then the kid just looks there shocked. You know, first off, the kid doesn't know what he's saying, but just this big fucking <laughs> ratty looking homeless guy yells down this kid, fuck you. Oh, my 15 hours time. into being in America. Yeah. But he's like, hey man, can't go this way, that way. He's like, fuck you, I go where I want. No, fuck you, go around the other way. And that triggers him just kind of walk around the area of the bike rental section just screaming like fuck you i'll kill all of you your whole fucking family now you like at some point i grab like a fucking like you lock and i'm looking at him like just give me just give me a reason motherfucker and he says you put that you lock down and you face me like a fucking man Ah! you know and then like <laughs> at some point like there's this one vendor there's a bunch of vendors out there there's like this one like old british black guy with a big white afro comes out and he just like was walks up to this guy and he's like yo what are you doing what are you? he takes he like grabs like the dude's backpack from him he's just like i have rights you can't starts literally beating the guy with his own backpack he then drops his beer he grabs the beer box just throws it on the ground all these skater punks start running up, just grabbing all the beer. The guy literally lunges on top of this pile of beer and goes, <laughs> like, it's, it's, like an animal. Biker. And then he gets up and starts walking away. And he turns around. He's just like, I hate white people. <laughs> this dude's white. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's the area too. That's like the Tony Hawk level. <laughs> Yeah, because that's I remember Tony when I Hawk first level. saw him. Like, wait a second, wait a second. I know where I am. This is Tony Hawk Three or whatever. Now he's going to play some like. Now he's got to play some Goldfinger while you do some sick grindage. Yeah, there we go. Oh, it's really carnage when you kind of because just because every city I think goes like you know where we can send these hobos to San Francisco, and I think that's what just happens <laughs> is they just come from like Florida and New York and Arizona and everywhere else where people don't like hobos. And they just go, yep, here you go. Well, that, you know, it costs us all of, you know, $500 in bus tickets and no more hobo problems. Mm. Feed them to the seals. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's it's chaos, but but you know what else is chaos? It's maximum overdrive when you're out there. Mm. When, when vehicles mm-hmm. start to come to life, it's just like San Francisco. Like the hobos. Oh, there, yeah. But with vehicles and machinery. And... Really, Maximum Overdrive is just one of those movies. To me, it is an ultimate classic. It is a childhood favorite of mine by far. I know it's not, you know, it's one of those movies like you couldn't just like sell this movie to anybody. It's one of those ones like it's not the most greatest made movie ever, but to me, is like a, being like a kid watching this movie, like being like six years old, being like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Can't take that away. Hi. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. Wow. What in the dick is going on around here? 
A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories. And I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself. Who was driving it? I don't know. It was my first picture as a director, and you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. What is going on? I don't know! I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. You want a war? You got one. I just want to get the hell out of here. So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark. Please don't let okay. me in the dark. I'm gonna scare the hell out of you. And that's a promise. You're gonna get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum terror. Jesus coming and he is. Maximum king. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. It's a coke-fueled fantasy. <laughs> it is. It's just Stephen I... King, like, at, like at his binge points. Have you seen the trailer for it, where he's like talking about um, <laughs> Maximum like Overdrive? A, he looks like a fucking plastic mask. Like a lot of people have made movies about my books, and I learned if you want to do it right, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> talking to you, Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> You fuck. <laughs> you fucked up The Shining. I mean, I know it made a lot of fucking money and it's everybody's favorite Stephen King movie, but it ain't fucking like the book. Goes down. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right, Stephen. You tell him. You tell him, Stephen. <laughs> okay, so what we're talking about? see my damn clown movie. <laughs> he was writing it while heard, making Maximum Overdrive. Of course he was. I heard Cujo. I heard he, pat, he like just blanked out writing Cujo. I heard he just was on a cocaine bender and he woke up with a finished book in front of him with, with a bunch of bloody snotty, like, like snot rags, basically. Be funny too. If he woke up and the book was all printed and ready and stuff like too, it's like, shit, how long has that been? (laughs) Like, it wasn't just finished written, like literally the editing part, everything else had went through. I can see the cocaine ness because he, he loves ACDC. I never, whenever I think Stephen King, I don't think ACDC. The fact's like, I'm getting ACDC to do the band, to do all the music for this one. It's like, all right, all right, Stephen. That's his favorite, that's his favorite okay, band. Of, it is his favorite band? Yeah. yeah. But you know, know, that's where, okay, that's what, that's the thing I love most about this movie. This is because you, there, when you think you went over the top, Okay. When you think you've okay, now I've got you know a, basically a, a grenade launcher or a rocket launcher, and then I have like trucks running over people and all this crazy shit. Like, what takes it to another level? Nothing, right? You can't turn it up to eleven. Yes, you can, because <laughs> we're gonna have ACDC do <laughs> do the soundtrack of the movie. We're gonna take it to that next level. I appreciate that. So does cocaine. Yeah, well, it's one of those yeah. ones, too. It's like, <laughs> apparently ACDC never, like, did a soundtrack for anybody's movie or anything like that. And then Stephen King came up, and he sang, like, a full song in its entirety of ACDC, yeah. like, one of the Bon Scott ones. And they're like, oh, okay, let's see what happens. It's Stephen King. Obviously, he likes the stuff. We'll, we'll put him in there. And then Stephen's like, hey, you guys want to be in the movie? No, we don't want to fucking be in the movie, but here's some music. 
<laughs> that Kenny Loggins bastard is making tons of money doing these movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck that guy and his Caddyshack. His fucking Transformers and his Top Guns. Yeah. Well, let's get some of that money. Let's get some of that money. <laughs> Wait, did Kenny Loggins? He, Kenny Loggins didn't do Transformers. He yeah, he did. No, th- yeah, he didn't do. He didn't do Transformers. That was the guy who did Rocky Four did Transformers. Yes. Europe? Yeah. Europe? Uh, Stan Bush mm-hmm. did. Well, he, Stan Bush did like the two, like kind of like well, let's put some of the songs in there. Um, the guy who did uh, Rocky Four, I think, did some of the. Because um, I don't think that was Stan Bush. I think that was shit. I know that he's in there though. The, mm-hmm. Somewhere, to... but yeah, I I'll be honest though. Knowing this is a Stephen King movie, though, I if you didn't tell me it's a Stephen King movie, I guess I wouldn't think about it right off the bat. Because when I think Stephen King, I think more of like, I guess dark fantasy mm-hmm. very nocturnal shit i think like you know stuff kind of you know whether it be you know a simple like kind of psychological horror movie or something like something kind of tiptoeing into hb lovecraft territory because i know he's a big fan of lovecraft this doesn't seem like that kind of like it doesn't seem like a stephen king movie to me seems like a carpenter movie yeah, yeah. It, it does definitely yeah. come across like that well here's the thing though is stephen king he pretty much owns like mostly all the car killing movies out there because christine when john carpenter does that one but that's you know he did that one in 82 and then you got this one maximum overdrive and then in 97 there's trucks which is kind of still based off the same story that maximum overdrive is based off of so it's kind of a remake but it's its own thing so there's three stephen king movies that are all like car killing ones (laughs) the only one i think that really I think maybe uh, the duel, right? Yeah, there's duel, and that's one of those ones where it's like because you never see the driver, so you know you never really know what it is. So I feel like that's still pretty much in that similar category. And then there's another, mm-hmm. there's actually another movie called Cars because I remember being a kid, like when we found Maximum Overdrive, it was like, oh my god, this is so amazing. And then a little bit later, Trucks came out, and we found that one. And then it, scanning through TV, I remember we we found like all these other movies that they would play too, and that's where I found Cars, which I haven't been able to find that one on DVD again yet. And then there's just you know, Christine, of course, like the classic one and so on. But it was like whatever like car killing movies I could find, it was like that genre is amazing. And it's something that really hasn't existed in many years. Trucks is probably the last thing where yeah. something came to life and just, you know, vehicles and stuff. I mean, it's like I guess it's in that same kind of sense, like, you know, computer oriented and so on. But I like what made Maximum Overdrive kind of cool is it's all like old fashioned analog you know, vehicles coming to life, you know, trucks, Yeah. you know, and like electric, like knives and just like weird shit like that. And arcade cabinets. Like the cool thing too, is there's that part where like that, there's a, there's a kid that gets killed in the arcade room and it's the Gus from breaking bad. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't know guy. that was Gus. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought that was just awesome too. I, I didn't know that either until I just, cause I got this special edition maximum overdrive that just came out like maybe a month ago or something like that. And it's like a Blu-ray, super high-def version, and it's got like three and a half hours or so of like special features on it. It's so amazing. <laughs> like a Blade Runner cut of some kind? It, dude, it literally is. It's like the Blade Runner of Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> it's like when I saw that, I'm like, yes, I'm buying that. And it was one of those expensive ones, too. It was like 25 bucks. But I'm like, sometimes when they make these kind of like B-movies and like in super special edition... They never really go down in price. They just stay really high up there. It's like a lot of the John Carpenter mm-hmm. ones. If you want like the special edition Blu-rays of them, it's like yeah. they're always twenty bucks. They're never they you never see it for like 
five or ten dollars or anything like that. You're lucky if you find Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. They just have a limited run and so on. So I saw this. I'm like, you know, it probably will never go down in price. I gotta have this. This movie right here. It's just one of those ones. Like I watched it so much as a kid, and it always is like a film that puts just a smile on my face when I go into it. You know, just the ultra violence in it. And it's just something that, like, once again, I just don't feel like you just don't see very often. It's a very lost genre of, like, horror films. Mm. Maybe it was one of those things I found it was very violent for the time, but I guess I was surprised by how pulled back it was, once again, being a Stephen King story. There's, like, some things that were probably really shocking for the time, like... There's the part where the kid gets, which I laughed, I rewind that part like three times, where the kid gets ran over by the steamroller. Yeah, that part's amazing. There's that, which I guess back then, oh my God, they killed a kid in a major motion picture. Yeah, but that one, that one was just full on, you know, the other ones got tapped, but I got pegged by some like cans. They just went down. But then that one was just full on the kid's like, ah, (laughs) you know, and then there's then there's there's that part and then there's the part where the lady gets like her part of her arm cut with the uh with the uh the knife. electric knife but beyond that i was kind of surprised by how back some of the violence was maybe back in the time though those two or three scenes were probably enough to go fuck well they, they didn't yeah. they, they had to cut this movie that's the sad thing and i almost kind of wish somebody would put together uh an uncut version of this movie because there was a special effects guy. He had an interview on the Blu-ray DVD and he talked about all the scenes that had to get cut or shortened or <clears throat> trimmed down the violence in them and so on. So it's another one of those films where it's like, God damn it. It's like, I'd love to see somebody put this back together. I don't even care if it looks kind of like with funky footage. Like that would be neat to see. <clears throat> mm. <clears throat> yeah. But there's a lot of really, really interesting ways people died in that movie that they, 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 they didn't get on screen. Um, because he had a lot of really – the whole thing is fucked up anyway. So I'm, I'm sure that deep in the recesses of his cocaine-fueled mind, he had some crazy thing up his sleeve that we didn't get to see. I would, li- I would, like, to, I would like to see that cut too. You know, it's one of my favorite scenes that always sticks out to me in that movie though is the part where the kid, after he leaves the baseball game and he's riding on his bike – and he's going down just the suburbia of his town, and he's looking left and right and just seeing all these people being killed in different ways. Like, you know, there's a guy who's been killed by, like, the lawnmower, and then there's a lady that's hanging out with, like, I think she's got, like, a curling iron or something like that. And then, you know, you see, like, the pizza delivery guy dead, and just, like, all this, like, carnage going on. Even the dogs on the streets dead. And I just remember watching that as a kid, because, you know, like, those baseball kids, it's almost like, that felt like, oh my god, that's my relatable character as you know, a child watching this film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and this to me always seems kind of weird, but it's like, this is what I always call, like, it's a perfect rated R movie for a kid. Like, and I know some people be like, wait, wait, so you're not, you're not showing kids, like, no, no, no. This is exactly what a child wants to watch in a, in a horror movie. It's like, it's got vehicles mm-hmm. in it. You know what I mean? Because as a kid, you're like, oh my god, look, the trucks are driving by themselves. That's so amazing. And semi-trucks. And you know, when you're all obsessed with that kind of stuff. It's got, like, the perfect amount of violence, but it's almost, like, still... It's violent, but not so violent that I feel like you can't show a kid it. You know? There's really nothing too bad. I mean, there's a little bit of swearing and so on like that, but it's almost like it is a perfect kind of radar introductory film for a child to horror. No, I agree with that wholeheartedly, actually. Because it's like Cars, the movie Cars, the Disney movie Cars, but except people die. Oh, yeah, I so, forgot. Like, cause it, it's, I didn't think about that. Disney movie's called Cars, but there's actually a movie prior to that called Cars. It's a horror killing movie. I think it's so funny that they, like, you know what? Yeah. When someone does an Amazon search, what's going to pop up? <laughs> exactly. When Grandma goes yeah. to buy Little Billy his copy of Cars, which one is he going to get in the mail? 
Well, I I'm just gonna... like to, I, I like to think they actually, because, you know, it's like when Inglorious Bastards came out, they re-released Enemy at the Gates on DVD, but they made it look like Inglorious Bastards with the font and the posing and all that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering if they'll do that with, like, make the old cars look like the Pixar car, just change the font, brighten it up a little bit, turn on the contrast. Maybe that... Lightning McQueen, but he's, like, dismembered. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the reason why I can't find cars on DVD or anything like that. It's probably Disney's holding it back. I'm going to go to uh, Alamo Draft House this coming week, and they have they have thousands upon thousands and thousands and thousands of VHS and Blu-rays that weren't – I mean DVDs that weren't released um, at other times or you know in other mediums. I'll see if they have it. <laughs> that, yeah, take I'll a look. Because it's well, you probably could find it on VHS. I bet you if I looked on eBay, and you know, every once in a while I'll do that. If I can't find a movie on DVD or Blu-ray, and I really want to see it, it's like, nope, I'll go get the VHS. And sometimes also mm. too, the other nice thing is sometimes YouTube has these kind of movies that are hard to find. Yes, I'll go search YouTube. And it's they like, oh, there that. it is. It's like, oh, awesome, and nobody pulls it down. It's like, don't. It's like if I, if I can't get a movie anywhere, and I tried to buy it, and this and YouTube's the only place, please don't pull it down oh, there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's clearly not yeah. making money I, anywhere else. At a certain point, it's public domain when it's just not making money anymore. It's just like you might as well just let people have it for free, you know? Yeah, if nobody's like that. Oh, I was just gonna say it's like it's one of those ones like you can always release a special edition if you want, but if you're not gonna, you're just gonna hold on to it just to hold on to it. Just let it let it be free. Let it out its cage. You know what I mean? Yeah, or it's like I was gonna say there's like that one movie you were watching that one time, uh, the Orson Welles movie, one of his last movies, Blood and Guns. Blood and Guns. Orson Welles plays like a crime lord in Mexico. Yeah. Is this the one that they're doing the documentary on on Netflix right now? I can't imagine this. I don't know. I want to check it out now. But the, I mean, it was, what was what, what's the documentary called? I, I barely saw it. There's an Orson Welles documentary. And it's just about his life. And then he, there's a movie that he's making. And it's like he's trying to get the project done. And um, it kind of – teases whether he got it done or not so i'm assuming it's that film no i don't think um, it is because he he it's not his movie he's just in it um oh, this is, okay. is this gotcha, a, gotcha. a famous italian movie it's actually one of quentin tarantino's like top 25 favorite movies of all time i found it on a list I was oh, like, of course. it's called it has a different name in italy so that's why i didn't recognize it the first time because but in america it's just called blood and guns <laughs> which of I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got a big old VHS copy, and it comes in like the like the old fashioned Disney cases where they're like those big old plastic ones. Oh, those clamshell cases. Yep, huh? it's one yeah. of those ones. That's he knew it was legit. We need to pull that one out again too and rewatch it. I feel like it, it's definitely a movie that needs a second watch because I only watched it that one time. Mm-hmm. But uh, going going back to this though for a second. Um. In Maximum Overdrive, I, I think the movie's also meant to be partially, well, definitely it's meant to be partially satirical because a lot of the deaths at the beginning are funny when they're all on the bridge and all the technology starts to push back. And there's the one guy on the bridge, there's the old man like, well, what's going on? What happened to my sandwich? And there's the one guy like, I don't know. What's going on? And he's like smacks that guy down. People are dying, you fucking idiot. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Well, I think that's too. It's like it definitely has that. It's like that kind of thing that, like, as a kid, you don't notice it. You just take it full on serious, almost like equivalent of like yeah. uh, Batman sixty six. When you're a kid and you watch Batman sixty six, it's a pure serious show. When you get older, you kind of see the jokes in there. Oh yeah, that's um. <clears throat> this that's why I 
felt like this film for so long was a Carpenter film because it's kind of just that over the top ridiculousness in some areas. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think I agree with you. I think he's not meaning for this to be taken seriously. So I think when people first saw this, knew it was a Stephen King field, they had their expectations like, oh, this is what this is going to be. This is what we're going to get. And they're like, oh, no, this is what what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that's why the critics hated it so much and everybody hated it so much because this is not what the closest thing I've seen Stephen King to this is like the It TV miniseries. Like when, you know, well, of course, not as graphic on that, but just it's it's so weird. The whole thing is so weird and it doesn't feel like him at all. You don't, you don't like the It TV miniseries? I remember as a, like I love that one as a kid. I like it better now than I did then for some reason. It didn't scare me, but the whole time I was just like, it, you know what I did like? I hated it, but I liked the Langoliers. <laughs> the figure. Langoliers? <laughs> the Langoliers, the really bad, like, I guess you call it CGI. I don't know what it was, but it was uh, like I'm probably like 95, right? And it was bad. It was really, really bad. Well, I, I remember I watched like many of those like Stephen King like miniseries or so, and you get your like buddies together. I'm like, dude, it's going to be so scary. We're going to... Like, let's get together yeah. and watch this. And then, like, you know, like, half the time, too, you get to watch, like, the first, like, hour and a half and nothing happens in, like, those miniseries. It's just, like, leading you on to God knows whatever you're getting into. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of them, it, it'd be just be something kind of, it'd be, like, a big, long setup. And, like, okay, and here is what you're waiting for right here. This is where most of the money went to. This part where the clown goes down the pipe in, like, a weird, like, stop motion kind of fashion. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like they always put their money in like the like those small parts. Beyond that, it was a lot of people like, "What do you mean a clown? What? You know, a lot of that kind of shit." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, dragging it on for those commercial commercial money. Even though I do kind of miss miniseries, I thought there there's something to be said about like not just extending a TV show for so long, just saying, "Hey, here it is. It's three episodes. Here's the story. It's a one and done. That's it." Like there there's some kind of neat about that you don't see that anymore i don't know it's either you have a movie or you have a full-on tv series there's no in between anymore mm-hmm. well the pomp and circumstance isn't there either like with when you're a kid you know you have that amazing graphic you know sunday night movie or you know the <laughs> thursday miniseries and it's like lasers and stars and like all these things and it makes you feel like you're in a movie theater and it kind of, you kind of get immersed in it and you sit down like, I don't give a shit. There's commercials. This is really, really cool. Nowadays, you just hit Netflix and something pops up. I think it takes a romantic element out of it. You know what I mean? You see yeah. like 40 – you see what Rotten Tomatoes says. You can see what the – how many thumbs up or thumbs down it's gotten on Netflix. And if it's recommended for you, so your expectations are already there, you know? Well, there's so well, also just going on. Uh, go ahead, dude. Oh, I was just gonna say there's there's also the, about watching movies in the olden days, but like when you didn't have any reviews and you had no knowledge of it and you went into stuff blindly. There's something to be kind of said. And I think it was Edgar Wright. I remember he said he's like, I think there's a lost art of just watching movies off a of TV anymore because here's the thing. Nowadays, it's like if you watch a movie like on Netflix, you can watch ten minutes of it and you just turn it off and go to something else. You know, but back in the day, it's like if that was all that was on TV, that was probably what you're just going to watch and you're going to sit through it. And maybe it's not the greatest movie, but maybe there's that one scene in there where you're like, oh, my God, that's a great scene or that's an awesome car chase. Or here's a a sweet Mm -hmm. death that you would never have found if, you know, you turned it off 10 minutes into. But if you sit through it and kind of cipher through, you never know what you might find in certain movies. And I think there's something to be said like that for like, you know, the old fashioned TV watching, you know. 
That's why generally when I watch a movie, I, li- I like to say that I'm generally committed once I start it up. Like, I'm going to watch it to the end. You know, very rarely have I ever mm-hmm. just turned a movie off. Well, also going off of, uh, to jump off of something similar, kind of what you said, Spencer, as well as uh, Wes, what you said regarding um, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and different rating scores. When you were a kid, there is that thing. I remember, like, movies from my childhood, just going and seeing certain movies and assuming it was a classic because I liked it from my childhood. And then looking back and then realizing, like, oh, wait, uh, critics hated uh, Home Alone. I thought yeah. that was like this movie that everyone loved, you know, right. or like something like, oh, wait, people didn't like Hook. I thought that was a really well-respected that movie. That was the one that got me. Yeah. I agree with you whole thing. I was like, what, Hook? You don't like, who, who hates Hook? Well, I don't know. There must have been something. There must there must have just been these adults that just hated children's movies at that time period. Because think about it. Whenever there's a kid's movie, Home Alone, they hated that. Hook, they hated that. Last Action Hero, they hated that. And now all these movies are like regarded as like timeless classics. You know, mm-hmm. oddly enough, and even Last Action Heroes come back around because I think it just took our generation to be like, no, Last Action Hero is amazing. Like, who the hell said it's not? You know, and it's just cool because mm-hmm. I remember just seeing it in Muscle and Fitness. When I saw Last Action Hero, when they do their normal, like, top 10 best Arnold Schwarzenegger movies of all time, and Last Action Hero was like number three in there, I'm like, oh my gosh, how are the times are changing? Mm-hmm. I mean, it outbeat like big Arnold and that's movies. also. And that's also like one of the first probably referential like meta like comedy movies on action that films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I don't think there was really one before that. You know, I mean, maybe if you look hard enough, there might be some like you know Italian one out there, something that was yeah. done a couple of years beforehand. But beyond that, mm-hmm. no, it's just well something that was like a, that spoke on action film cliches, but was not like some goofy parody. It actually was still an action movie. Something in the same vein of Hot Fuzz. Yeah, exactly. You still got an action movie, but you can still like laugh along the way too. Uh, but uh, going back to Maximum Overdrive for a minute, I'll say that like I'm not gonna lie, the the villain of the movie is so hateable, but I'm kind of glad he's there. The boss hog looking motherfucker. Oh yeah, with the mm. rocket launcher. <laughs> when that guy comes out with a rocket launcher at some point, I'm like. Okay, okay, this is not at all meant to be taken seriously. <laughs> yeah, I just got these all stocked up down there. No big deal. Well, it's still like in that Tremors kind of style where, like, you know, mm-hmm. people just had these built-up fortresses of guns and so on. Like, So I, I don't feel like it's anything out of the ordinary. Just how cartoonish he was. How he was basically the fucking... He was basically Foghorn and Leghorn. He was a member of the NRA at the end of the day. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. I tell you, boy. What's that chicken hawk doing over here, boy? I say what? <laughs> but it's one of those ones that's like, what well, Billy Estevez comes in there. It's like, well, guess what? You're going you're gonna to check in for nine hours today. Or you're going to check in for eight hours today, but you're going to work nine hours. You see? And it's just like, <laughs> oh, I don't fucking like that. Estevez, I'm just a tough guy. Really, Emilio Estevez felt like he just like walked off of like Streets of Fire into this movie. <laughs> like, shut the fuck He's up. He's got like that King, 1950s like... like attitude coming in. Like, yeah, I just yeah, got out of prison. Like, kind of like a grisp. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think Emilio I went to prison? He's the wisecracking kind of guy. He's not going to intimidate anybody. Even with his rocket launcher, it's like, yeah, you're kind of a bitch. But like, like I mean, yeah. I don't know, but the, the rocket launcher and ACDC combined form two parts of the trifecta that makes this a badass movie. Like, so he, like walks into a room, okay, 
uh, okay, I got this movie to pitch. Well, just tell me a little bit about, well, there's ACDC and there's rocket launchers. Okay. Uh, you're, we're going to make this movie. Do you want to know anything else? Do I need to know anything else? Do I need to there's know a, anything else? No. There's a Green Goblin semi-truck. That, oh, okay. Definitely sold. That's self-driving. <laughs> well, <much> you... Yeah. <laughs> well, because I think that's just the coolest thing. It's just like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you have like, movies before. It's like, okay, you got like zombies and so on like that. But now it's like, how do you up that ante? Well, it's like, no, you now you have it where vehicles have been possessed by some kind of like alien meteorite or what have you. And just the, the whole like, <laughs> it's kind of weird because it is one of those ideas that's like, yeah, it's kind of like. Definitely, like, you got to suspend your disbelief, but oh, yeah. I think when you just kind of take the concept and just, once you just kind of accept it and you don't think too much into it, it is one of those ones, like, that's such a cool idea, though, is the whole point is just, like, now you can't trust your own vehicles, you can't trust your own machines, like, this is one of these films that I really think that somebody, maybe not necessarily a remake, but somebody needs to make a new killer car movie, I think, it's one of those ones, the concept's pure awesome. And if you put together, you know, if you got like Rob Zombie or you got Robert Rodriguez or you got somebody who you know you could trust to put this together, I think there could be an amazing... Fuck, put Steve King right on there again, too. Why not? <laughs> Have him show up at the very beginning, too. Be like, honey, this thing called me an asshole. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I just kind of put it together just now. Maybe I'm late to the party on this one. But it almost seems more of kind of like a 1950s kind of thought kind of like a idea kind of 1950s pitch like what if our technology turned on us and not like you know not like a terminator kind of way just like what if your oh, car yeah. just came after you? but like in a mars attacks kind of way but then they just said but let's give it like let's make it rated r let's give it that kind of 80s kind of vibe to it and very cocaine fueled yeah there's a Do you people paid with cocaine in this movie well i don't know maybe the little kid because i saw him in the like the interviews afterwards and he looked a little bit wild <laughs> he definitely this this sounds weird. The, the little kid aged worse than everybody else <laughs> those child actors <laughs> like i kid Fucked you not up, man everybody else looked like 10 times better than that kid <laughs> he'd seen some shit man he's on maximum overdrive when he was when he was little he was i'm glad i didn't see this film when i was really little because i lived where it was filmed for um i didn't live there when it was filmed my dad was uh, my my stepdad was a marine, so he mm-hmm. his first year was the year this was being filmed, and so Camp Lejeune is like right by Wilmington. Uh, so I I would have saw this movie probably on you know eighty eight eighty nine, and I would have been like, oh hey, there's where the Green Goblin truck was, and I would scared the shit out of me. Yeah, here's the same like, highway w- that you know they all drove down. Yeah, like oh, what it, it, it would have turned into a documentary at that point. <laughs> like when I get to tangibly see the areas, like that would have scared the shit out of me. I would just like to see, like you know, we need sponsors. We got big pins, big pins. Yeah, we can get them in. Like you know, sh- should we tell them we're going to use what we're going to use their, their semi truck no. for? No, don't fucking tell them that shit. Don't fucking don't tell them shit. <laughs> don't tell them that their truck's going to be committing homicides here. Just tell him the guy from Young Guns is going to be in it. Just tell him that. I mean, we we <laughs> know Young Guns hasn't been shot yet, but tell him. That. <laughs> oh, I guess it was before Young Guns, wasn't it? Well, because okay. this was like Amelia Estevez is like I guess was big movie was like Repo Man was just out right before this. I mean, sounds weird to say. Is that the one with Charlie Sheen in it? No, it doesn't have Charlie Sheen in that one. That's the one where like he he's like he goes to repossess those cars and stuff, and he's a trash collector. Yeah, and he's like this. Oh yeah, okay. that's the that's the one. Um. Men at Work is the one of Charlie Sheen. And yeah, yeah, that's what I was that. 
But no, Repo Man's the one where he's like, he gets, a, he's like a young punk or whatever, and it's like one of those like kind of like '80s punk rock films, and he gets a job as a Repo Man. It's like whatever, man. You know, it's like, oh man, I think you'd be good working. It's like, yeah, I f- whatever. And he just kind of goes and do it with like an attitude. And as it goes on, it starts to get like weirder and weirder until it gets almost even sci-fi-y. That's, <laughs> that's what I love about that film. Mm. If you've never seen it, Repo Man is totally worth checking out. Great movie. That's, that sounds more like a Stephen King movie than Maximum Overdrive almost. Well, it is because at first you're just watching this movie and you just, you know, you don't really know where it's going. And then all of a sudden it just kind of just like, what the fuck? We're going sci-fi now? It's like, oh, this is cool. And then before that, the only other thing I can think of that uh, Millie Estevez is in is um, um, Outsiders and then the sequel, um, Rumblefish. Or maybe he's not in the sequel. Rumblefish is a sequel to Outsiders? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Still has Pony Boy and all those guys in it? Uh, it doesn't have Pony. It only has, like, it's got, um, you know, the guy from Something About Mary, his character. What, what's that guy's name again in the book? Ben Stiller? No, 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 not Ben, not Ben Stiller. Uh, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Uh, no, um, the guy who's kind of like he's like a comedic version of like Brad Pitt, and he's not. Um, oh, he's the guy uh, that was like in love with Mary, yeah. but she ended up okay. Oh uh, um, yeah, was he was two bit? Is he two bit? I think he wore the Mickey Mouse shirt. I think so because I think Amelia Estevez is a soda pop. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. That would be a good retrospect right there. Both those films. And he was in Breakfast Club before Maximum Overdrive, too. Oh, I that's right. Because that, that. that's 84. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why he was, yeah. like, real famous. Because he was, like, the one famous person in this movie compared to everybody sort of else. Everybody else was either starting out or, well, the guy who was, like, the boss hog guy was an old actor. Yeah, but beyond that, though, it was just, like... He's in Batman, right? Is he in Batman? 89 he, Batman? Yeah, I think he was Commissioner Gordon. He was Commissioner Gordon. Oh, that's right. Yes, he was. And that's got Lisa Simpson in the, ship, in the movie, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oddly enough, that lady aged way better than everybody else. It sounds so weird. But, like, when I saw her in the new interviews, it was like, oh, I mean, then again, she got that Simpsons money. So. Yeah. A little bit different. Everybody else kind of like, yeah, I think after Maximum Overdrive, uh, I went to go work for a car dealership. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that happened. It was the only trade I had, apparently. Every day I was getting non flashbacks. <laughs> I was looking at her. She is kind of like a, she did age much better than everybody. She's like the Jennifer Grey of Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of weird <laughs> how that sort of was. Was she the was she the the, the server who's all like we made you? No, she's the the wife who has the really high pitched voice. Yeah. Where she's like Clayton mm-hmm. or whatever. Why did why didn't she die? Why didn't she die? There were plenty of moments where she was out in the open and like, Cletus! Boom! That would have been hilarious. I'll, I'll say this. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, didn't she, didn't the uh, one thing run over her car? Oh, no, she, they weren't in it at that point. Never mind. The car gets destroyed, but they're fine, I think. She yeah. lives lost opportunity, really. Yeah. Um, I think that, I'll say this, I'm surprised it ends. I was surprised, we'll jump from a little bit of spoilers here, but when it ends and as many people get on that boat as they do, I was a little surprised. It was like, that's a lot more people than I thought would make it out here. Like 75% so of people expecting... make it. <laughs> so I was expecting something to happen. Like they're going to go on the boat and more shit happens. Like a, like a, 
like a you know more like electric generated boat not an old analog boat gets out there's something i was expecting something like that to happen but but then i was just like oh oh it just then it has the whole comical like turns out the russian satellite destroyed with weather satellite armed with lasers that convoluted shit i I love how stephen king totally throws russia like fucking under the bus right there (laughs) it just like has the and it's like in quotes like laser cannon and like missile defense like they said wasn't on there because <laughs> it's that, that's like a like hindsight when you just kind of look at that it's like god it's just so through them under well it is the 80s yeah it's so. the 80s so yeah. it's like it was okay at that time period you know well, rocky four did it well because yeah, so. it's like rocky four then you watch like creed 2 and you're like fuck you know what if we just had more faith in dolph lundgren he you know he would have been just casted out of society with his son <laughs> Goddamn pariah. I kid you not, in Creed 2, it's like you almost kind of go like, you know what? I don't want Creed's son to win, actually. I actually want fucking Dolph Lundgren's son to win because he had this very, very terrible life, it looks like. And, uh, you know, really, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Creed isn't... He isn't living too bad. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I still gotta see it. Oh, so good. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Either. I'm seeing it tomorrow. So good. So good. Once again, Stallone always delights. He oh. wrote this one, right? Yeah. Helped with writing at least. And then just it's just awesome to have Dolph Lundgren in a big movie too. You just don't get you don't get enough oh, of those yeah. anymore. Oh, glad he's back for that. Oh, for a second I was like, is it just the son? We don't see him, but I'm glad I know that he's actually in it. He was in the trailer. He, the, yeah. They're pals too. He and Sylvester Stallone. They're they're good old pals. Well, Dolph well, all I saw was the teaser trailer where the whole time, like, you can't do this. You can't do this. What are you talking about? You can't do this. And it just turns around as the as the Drago on the back. Like, oh, fuck. That's the only trailer I saw. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's just one of those ones. Like, I mean, really, at the end of the day, though, um, Dolph Lundgren does probably more movies than anybody else. He does, like, four movies or so, give or take, a year. And he's done that for, like, his entire life. Like you look at his catalog, oh, straight to DVD, and it's just well, they're not straight to DVD. They're they're just a lot of them are foreign movies. That's the thing. Mm. So I guess they're straight to DVD in America, but like in you know other countries, I think it's a big deal. No, that makes sense. Kind of like Jackie Chan, you know what I mean? It's like he has so many movies, but like really, it's like you barely see any of them come to the U.S. until they hit the DVD rack. I miss Jackie Chan. I need more of him, too. I know. It's like, I don't, yeah. we need more Jackie Chan. Life. There's supposed to be a Jackie Chan Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, which just sounds pure amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really good like 20 years ago. I know, exactly, I'll take it now. Exactly. But, uh, you know, whatever. Whenever it happens, it happens. I'll still take it. You know what I mean? I still like the old guys kicking ass kind of movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Except for the Expendables. That didn't work for you me. You like Expendables? I don't know. Oh, I love those movies. Didn't- didn't work for me for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, I think I just wanted them to be younger for some reason. I, think, I wanted to be shot in the eighties. Is what I think I wanted. Honestly, oh. I think Spinnables two works. That I think that one's the best one because that one has the most action. You actually get to see everybody have a moment. Where number one, it's like they're all in the same movie. They're not all shooting a gun, but they're all in the same movie for a minute. Where number two, it's oh, they're all doing the shit. They all have. A, they all actually have more of a moment. The third one was still fun. It was PG thirteen, and they mm. just like. They bring in all the young blood. It's like, why are you bringing in the young blood? It's all about the old dudes. Yeah, so. that's, that's what we all showed up here for. But um, but no, I, I I love that series no matter what. And two is definitely my favorite. But like, I like all three of them. But um, but no, kind of like going back. Yeah, go, going the, back to Maximum Overdrive. What are you gonna say, Ryan? I was gonna say that um, 
And other things that seem kind of like, I, I just kind of like how maybe this was meant to be intentional, but there's the whole like, because in old 50s movies, like old road movies, kind of like what Baby Driver was homaging, they always have that instant love thing. Like, you're a rebel without a cause. And like, yeah, and you're a chick with a fine ass. Let's make this happen. Uh, that kind of happened with this because that was because it was just very instant. I almost think like they could have just already been a couple. And he's just like, I'm just meeting up with my boyfriend after he gets off work. And I hitched a ride with this creepy Bible salesman along the way, which like all the people I hate in the movie, it's not like, oh, what the fuck are they doing on screen? They just get off the screen. They're, it's just kind of, I'm glad they're there because they're perfect people to die later in the line, except for, uh, except for Sim the Simpson lady, because that was just loud and annoying. But, um, they're all but, cannon uh, fodder. Yeah. The, 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 uh, but this, uh, but that lady, it just seemed kind of like, she came in, like, what was she supposed to be? Like, a tough, hard-as-nails reporter, but that never really came in in any way. And she was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just uh, smitten over Emilio. But it's like, you could have done a little, oh, I don't know. I think it just seemed... I think she was, like, hoboing it, is what she was doing. Maybe I misheard it, but I thought it was, like, something like she was hoboing it. But did I hear something that she was, like, a reporter or something like no. that? Did I hear something like that? Or... She's not a reporter. I must have some shit. I she thought just, I may have uh... misheard it. Just hope going about. They were just well. They were. She, you know, it's the eighties. She's a thing for going. You know, Footloose, fancy free. You know, just hey, you yeah. know, you're cute. I'm cute. Let's do this thing. And then there's cocaine. And then there's yeah, also there's Stephen King. Cocaine. Yeah, and who's perverted as hell <laughs> and well, creepy. Well, it just seemed like that. Well, he is Stephen King is weird as hell. But that don't that even didn't seem like a Stephen King relationship compared to other books he's oh, written. So yeah. It's one of those things. I, mean, I think that's why he was trying to make an homage for whatever reason. I thought I remember it was her outfit because she's wearing the hat at first. Maybe I thought I heard she was saying she was a reporter or some shit like that. Maybe I was wrong. But um, I kind of got a little bit of the 1950s kind of like instant love thing, which I think mm -hmm. he was trying to kind of go for right there. Because I could tell, like, Emilio Estevez is trying to do the James Dean thing in this movie a bit. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think it was going for that 50s kind of feel, like, whether it be a Western or just a tough guy film, like those kind of ones. You know, because it's, it's weird, because, like, watching Streets of Fire not too long ago, it's like, I see kind of, like, a lot of similarities between this movie and Streets of Fire. It sounds kind of weird, but they both have that, that almost, like, that tough guy, proto-Sin City kind of feel to them. Well, Streets of Fire just takes place in another alternate world because you can't tell really what time is it is it the, is it like kind of the future is it the past because uh -huh. there's a weird mix match of things mm -hmm. and that thing is like yeah like totally might as well be pro like you said proto sin city where this one it, it feels more like our world but just you know this kind of 1950s sci-fi kind of tint to it you know yeah I think it's just Emilio, more than anything else, just has that, like, the tough guy demeanor going on, you know, like, Emilio Estevez. Which, which, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> like, what, like, nothing about Emilio to me. I know I've said this already, but I just like, no, no, Emilio, no. I don't, I'm not buying it. You're not going to do anything to As me. As I said, I think it's like, it comes from Repo Man, because, you know, Repo Man was right beforehand, and he was playing the tough guy in that, and he was soda pop, I guess, in The Outsiders, so. Because he was soda pop, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I that's like, so, like yeah. the, not really the toughest guy out of all those ones. He's more like the the, the mother figure of like the gang. <laughs> I thought that was wasn't that was that Swayze that was mother figure of the gang. I thought he no, I thought he was like the well, he was the one I guess because he was the oldest he brother. He smacks Pony Boy. He's like, I love you. 
He's more like he's more like the father figure, and then Emilio is more like the mother. <laughs> if it was like a gay relationship, that's like what it would have been instead of brothers. Oh, wait, like, you, you totally just changed Outsiders. <laughs> it's a completely different movie. <laughs> the Patrick Swayze and Emilio. Like, love this family. We're fucking keeping it together. Don't you ruin it, Pony Boy. You're our love spawn. <laughs> We're going to go in the room. We're going to role play now. So you're the Chippendales dancer, and I'm the coach of a youth hockey team. And we're going to do this. <laughs> they're, they're not brothers. Well, we say we're the brothers because it's 1962. <laughs> I need you to help me with this dance number. Baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> Yeah, keep your damn mouth shut, kids. Don't tell anybody what goes on in here. <laughs> the baddest minister. The greatest, the greatest dance troupe you ever seen. Just wait. Can you imagine just that got out? It's like, oh, did you know that the greasers were actually just like just picture 1962 mentality, and you just you figure out that the greasers are just a bunch of like gay guys hanging out together, <laughs> just posing tough. It's just like, whoa, oh, oh, that's that's what they all do in that house. When they turn up their rock and roll racket and so on, and someday we'll be as badass as the Jets in the uh, this West Side. So the, the grease is not just for the hair, I assume. Yeah, no. it's, a lubri- it's a lubricant. It's a lubricant. We'll, leave it. well, bright side. I mean, you can always, you know, you just reach right into it, just like just like dip in. Oh, I got some right here. Yeah. That the whole gives a whole new meaning to Pony Boy. Yeah. Only meaning that nickname. That. It's, kind of, yeah. it's kind of like one of those like fun sticks with like the sugar dip. Well, I guess it also adds more meaning to stay golden, Pony Boy. <laughs> yeah, don't you dare fucking change on me. Stay golden. You know why the church burned <laughs> down, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't accept us. <laughs> Damn Baptists! Oh my god. Oh. Wow, we fucked that movie up. We really did. We did, but that's still Rumble's always a good, that's still always a good movie. Mm-hmm. And I say, if Rumblefish, Rumblefish is a cool one too. I haven't seen that in a long time either. I had no idea that was a sequel. I don't want to see that. Yeah, they're all SD or SD. What's it? I almost said SD Perry, but that's the lady that wrote Resident Evil books. Um, <laughs> it's something they're like that. Also cool Coppola. They're both Coppola too. Yeah, they're also both Coppola. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but they're all from like that. But um. Go, go, going back to this though I guess when I said I got the 50s vibe I guess I just think more of the aspect of just because the concept in itself, cars coming to life and yeah. just treating it more of like an a- extreme 80s or other, just like how strange and how peculiar, you know, and then on top of that, just the whole I think I, I think one of the most interesting things about this is the number of cars, how each car had different personality, you know? Yeah, the, the cars, or the trucks necessarily, are like they all their own kind of characters in themselves. And especially as like a kid, like that's what stood out to you. Is you just saw like each, you know, you see like the Green Goblin truck and you see the one where like it explodes and there's like toilet paper, you know, blasts out of it. Because, you know, as a kid, you're like, oh, toilet paper came out of that truck. <laughs> it's a poop joke. <laughs> yeah. You know, and each is just like the individual ones and just like the cool, like, you know, the older pickup and you know just the different vehicles all thrown in there and um I, they're talking through morse code <laughs> yeah the morse code and everything like that and that's actually like in the original like truck story and so on and there's actually in the 50s there is like i guess you could say the original car killing like story which maybe this is where stephen king got the idea from is there's a story where it's about like a construction site 
and on the construction site, all like the vehicles and tools start coming to life and killing people there. And I think there's actually somebody, I almost want to say Marvel made an adaptation of it in a comic book. And there's also a made, either a made for TV or some kind of movie adaptation of that too. And I don't know it's in the sixties or something like that. Well, is that a Stephen King book no. or Stephen King story? No. Not a Stephen King. It's way before Stephen mm. King. Mm. That's weird. But yeah, so it's kind of interesting because it might have been a Marvel, like when Marvel was still doing a lot of horror stuff. Before they really found superheroes as their main niche. Yeah, because yeah. that was yeah. what they, that was, that was like what Stan Lee did the whole time. Is he just wrote a bunch of horror stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, what I was wa- thinking when I was watching this movie, it's kind of off track of what you were just saying, but it, something hit me again. If this movie was remade, you know who I'd want to remake it? Cool. George, George Miller. Yeah, George Miller would kill yeah. it. Yeah, he would murder this movie. I mean, remind me like, George Miller again. Remind me who's the George Mad Max? Max. Oh, that'd be a perfect choice. You're yeah, he'd kill right. this. No, no debates here. But it's just one of those. Movies, I love that. It's one of those movies. Like I feel like I mean, it'd, it'd be a hard sell nowadays because I think people. I mean, like if you want to make it a big movie, like a you know, like blockbuster, it goes to like all the major cinemas and so on, like that. I feel like yeah. it'd be a hard sell because people like. It almost seemed like you can't do like fun stuff nearly as much as you once could. I mean, you can if you want to hide it off like on a certain network or make it straight to DVD or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like the, I don't know. Sometimes like people might like balk at an idea like, "Oh, cars coming to life!" Like that doesn't sound very scary. Yeah, and he, well, I think you also probably get some producer like, "Ah, it sounds too much like this Final Destination shit." We already got a bunch of those. I could, I could see somebody saying mm-hmm. something. Uh, yeah, only Tarantino could probably get away with it if he did like another Grindhouse thing where he did like a double feature. Uh, that's probably the only director that can get away with making this a concept this close to the the original uh, concept. Somebody else would have to really, really, really change everything and have a convoluted reason of why these cars are coming alive, and um, also explain why some cars are coming alive and some cars aren't, which is a thing in the movie. I'm like. <laughs> I'm sure Stephen King has some weird convoluted reason why this is happening, and it probably involves a turtle and vomit, but I just <laughs> we're just going to go around. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, I just kind of like, because I kind of like, I kind of fill in the blanks there, and I go, well, maybe there's only so much power to take over so many different vehicles, so you're not going to waste your time mm-hmm. on some of these just like lesser end ones. Though, then again, at the same time, they took over a little toy car that killed a dog, so I'm not too sure. <laughs> Yeah, there's that's the weird thing is there's some point parts of driving their own car for a while and then like some smaller things don't maybe we made just the delayed reaction or even maybe as much as like, you know what, the robots want to fuck with them for a minute. I think the simple way is if you were gonna go to remake it would be just to stick to vehicles and vehicles only. Like don't really get involved with I think I don't even think even like don't even involve like planes or boats or just like maybe you can assume that they're kinda out there, but like I think the idea is just to keep it straight vehicles. And I think that's just kind of an interesting idea. Well, here's a media. If we made it set in modern day, media game changer right here, missile armed drones. Yeah, you, you mm. could have that too. That that adds almost like a, mm. a, a huge layer to it. See, that's the only downfall is like at the same time is does that take away? Because nowadays, almost like if you add it in there, there's so much computer controlled stuff that you could almost have like ridiculous amounts of all this like extra force where I think when it's kind of like, if you set it almost in the past and maybe that'd be almost the thing to do is to keep the movie like as a period piece and just keep it straight up. It's like, Nope, it's just these trucks that are coming after and, you know, getting, you know, possessed and killing people. Like just keep it locked in with some rules. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it has to be an isolated area, kind of like it mm-hmm. is. So, where mm-hmm. like if you keep it like all over the world, then it gets too. There's too many if ands and buts. But if you have it just like this area, the trucks are coming alive. They're killing people. I I would watch. I mean, I would watch it. I love stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. It would it wouldn't fly today. Uh, the one thing I was thinking though, watching this movie, totally off you know kilter but you know in wilmington downtown wilmington i think it's the uss yorktown down there a big old battleship mm-hmm. that'd been so badass if that came alive just started firing off <laughs> that would have been so cool yeah. <laughs> that also would have been a good way to end that. it too is just have it where the battleship yeah. starts to come alive and it knows and it fires off that direction once they realize that the humans have like turned on them because there's that point where like they need the gasoline and then that's like after that <laughs> They try to like you know I know I like how they kind of there's always an explanation like they explain like why the trucks don't just like run into the building and just come crashing it down it's like well they can't or else they get stuck oh, yeah. the trucks don't want to die though some of them I guess mm-hmm. are kind of, some of them I guess get like voted out to be sacrificed. <laughs> well, even the whole the whole thing you said just now about women Wilmington that almost seems like a good way if you want to do the dark ending for it to end on like we think we made it out then also you just see these big gun turrets just turn on them. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's the way I would have ended it for sure. This is or a submarine even like to get out there like we're out of here and the submarine just pops up like fuck. It, th- this movie should have had just that like extra five seconds of an ending almost or your extra thirty seconds of an ending because I think it would the leave it off with that kind of dark like oh god this is it maybe because it was the eighties that they kind of wanted to add in a little bit more of the optimism. But I feel like it would have been like perfect to have the ultra dark ending in it where it's just as mm-hmm. they take off the ship, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it, gonna make it, and just literally just end it. Just have the submarine pop up. That's it. Cut the credits. Cause that would that mm-hmm. would be good enough. Cut the credits, no music. Wait a second, wait a I second, A C D C comes back. How <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Did, didn't like it saying the uh, the last thing that you see on screen doesn't it saying all the survivors are still survivors yeah and it's just like yeah. okay well yeah like that was very you know inconsequential when you really put it down to things it's kind of like a crazy night you know what i mean that got me thinking like what if they did have an ending like that originally and you know and like test audiences hated it so like all right we'll just cut it off right here and say don't worry everyone did make it out alive and also the Russians, wink, wink, you know. Well, isn't it like a big Stephen King trope that he has a hard time ending things? Like I've heard other people say that before, like some of his books and some of the things, like he has a hard time writing a good ending. Well, I'll say this too yeah. when it comes to like endings though. It's like, because sometimes, you know, I'll use like The Running Man, another Stephen King one, is that um, in that one, like the movie, it's got the, you know, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger saves the day and gets all the prisoners out and they escape The Running Man and so on. But in the book, The Running Man, what happens is like, it's kind of interesting. The Running Man takes place literally across like a cross-country trip of the United States. And they literally hijack a plane and they crash that plane into the television center. And that's the end of the movie in the book. So it's like they go mm. down with the plane to take out this, you know, evil corporation all in one. It's like that's kind of a cool ending. Like I, w- I would I would not mind seeing that like in there. And I don't know. The older I'm trying to pull that one off today. Yeah, you hard to pull that one. You can't pull off plane crash. You can't do a lot of things anymore. But like into a building. Yeah, into a building. Well, it's an yeah. evil building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has frowny eyes. Look at it. That's how you know it's bad. Well, where was the television studio located? Well, the television studio was located in the Twin Towers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but we could blow it up because it, it doesn't believe it doesn't you know it doesn't believe in hashtag me too so let's just blow it up 
Exactly, just one of those goofy old things. But um, like I don't know it's like uh, it's a Weinstein building. <laughs> what the fuck? Blow that yeah, go go there. <laughs> Bring it down. But wait, it's his brother. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing you never hear about the brother. You know what I mean? Like, did he just? You never hear about Bob yeah, whatever happened to the old Bob and his horror movies? I think it was just he all his horror know, movie was right him. next door. It was called Thanksgiving when his brother shows up. <laughs> Walks in with just like a stiff drink. Did anybody already stuff the turkey? Like, get the fuck out of Bob here. Bob comes up. He, Bob, Bob comes on as a Me Too. It's just like, why are you on the Me Too? He's like, my brother on Thanksgiving. You get hammered and then tell me if I want to make another horror movie, I have to do something. <laughs> he, he called it stuffing the turkey and he said that he was the turkey. And I was kind of confused what that meant because it felt like I was the turkey. <laughs> and you don't even know what he did with the baster. <laughs> whenever I asked, whenever I questioned his logic, he just slapped me up just upside the head. And he's the older brother, so he was always naturally stronger than me. And I, you know, I like making those horror movies, so I thought, well, I can't stop this now. Who else is going to hire me? He's just stuffing a cream corn everywhere. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or Bob Weinstein Dimension films but I will say though like as far as endings go though like I've come to the conclusion that I, I always enjoy the ballsy ending lots of times I think because ballsy endings are kind of rare in movies you know I mean every once in a while you'll get one where somebody just kind of does it just to do it and it feels kind of unnatural but a lot of times like I like to say like when you just get those kind of endings where it's just like you know what maybe they aren't going to make it sometimes it's almost like it can work for a lot of you know films you know or sometimes where it's like they do the sacrifice where they literally go like nope he's going down with the ship you know what i mean or like the running man he's gonna crash that plane right into the building that's it well a lot of times stephen king stories i'll be honest like stephen king i'm not really a huge fan of him i mm. like more of his concepts in certain scenes like i like i think shining is one of my favorite movies but i think the movie is way better than the book. I think the book mm, had a bunch of shit everywhere and fucking, and Kubrick knew where to like, all right, that's good. That's good. Don't need the hedges. Get rid of those. Don't need a hose with teeth. Get rid of that. And then from there knew where to take it. And even the, 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 you know, how like there's the whole dog man thing, how the dog, how there's like a, guy in a dog suit who the dude would fuck and that's kind of weird and creepy but when they don't take the time to explain it and you just see some guy in a dog outfit down the hallway and it's like what the fuck is going on and not explaining it, it makes it that much more creepier i just went on a teach shining tangent but like i think that sometimes stephen king it's not always it does not end a movie it's just like i think that it's he's everywhere with his shit you know so he- it's sometimes He's a great pitch man. He's like to me the world's most successful pitch man. Like to me, all his everything that he's ever done would be better if he didn't have the final product of it. If he just went in and said, Hey, here's a story treatment, here's some of the concepts I have in the story, here's some ideas I have for the story, uh, take it where you want to, just you know, kind of keep it close to this. I think he's better. It's like it's like Bob Dylan. He's a great writer and like all his songs, he's like He's one of the best writers out there, but they'd still sound better if somebody else did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but you can't take away from what he is. But that, to me, Stephen King's like that. It's just like I wish most of the things that he has more say in, I wish that he didn't. <clears throat> Dark Tower, but you know. Well, it's kind of well, even Dark Tower. That was oh, go ahead, dude. Oh, I was just gonna say it's just like I think that Stephen King is those that guy who has like he has great concepts, 
But like, a lot of times the books are just like the over, like it's almost like the unedited version where, you know, this is what I've always kind of learned generally in life is mostly if your book goes about over 400 or 500 pages, I've never read a book that goes that long. It's not like a history book or something that needs to be that kind of long, but just a regular book that goes over that length of pages that you ever go, you know what? I think all those pages need to be there because that's how I felt The Shining. It's like 700 something pages long. If you probably trimmed out about 300 pages of that, and I know some people would scream blasphemy. I'm like, no, I think it would play a lot better if it wasn't just so drawn out and just kind of going into all. And I know, I know people that really like novels. That's actually what they like the most. They love the drawn out. They love the over descriptions and all that stuff. And I think maybe coming from like a movie kind of background, you get kind of used to being like getting the fat trimmed and like, you know, making the movie very like, Mm -hmm. you know, slick and just flowing and just, you know, streamlined as can be. But I do kind of think that. That's how I think about Lost Ones. That's why I think a lot of times when you get like The Shining, it's like that's all the best parts of The Shining in a movie and we don't have to, you know what I mean? Because then it's like you watch that Shining, the movie or the, the made-for-TV one that Stephen King did. Never watched it. Oh, Lord. It's worth watching. It's a rough watch. But it is, rough I will watch. say it is kind of a rough watch because once again, nothing happens for like the first two and a half hours or whatever. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those ones where all the little extra things in it just, I don't know. Just they're they're not necessary, you know. what I mean, like, yeah. There, there's a time and a place for like, you know, because certain like I'll say like when movies have an extended cut, I generally think that's the best thing ever. But sometimes like certain books, I think, just kind of go a little too far in that extended way point. too yeah. long. Well, going back to like the way how he ends things, um, I never actually read the end of um, of uh, the, the last book of uh, Dark Tower. I did read. I did read one of the books. And liked what I read, and I saw the movie. I know the movie kind of did its own thing. But um, the last book, I want to say, and this is just me going off of, like, reading, like, an article about, like, just just on Dark Tower. It ends on this way of, like, they, they realize there is the – there's the real world, our world, and then there's the book world. And in real life, Stephen King got hit by that truck, and they had to make it so for Roland – the gunslinger to do what he has to do. He had to make sure Stephen King got hit by the truck, but survived still. And he put himself inserted himself into the story as like everything hinged on him finishing his book. And it just seems like, seems a little, I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to just want, I kind of just want to read a sci-fi Western, but I mean, it's his vision. It's his vision. It's his vision. And dude's a fucking millionaire from doing what he does. But like, that's one of those kind of endings right there. I'm like, Okay. All right. Well, you know, it's the, just the extra stuff. It's the turtle and sorry, the turtle and it. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. It's just weird. Well, you, you, you know, it's the funny thing. The, this the, ties in the Max Mover Drive trip, though. Trip. Is when Stephen King got hit by the truck. It's the exact. It's the same mm. date as when that meteorite shows up in Max Mover Drive. Not the year, but the same. It's like July nineteenth or whatever the heck it says in there. Mm-hmm. He got hit on July nineteenth. <laughs> That makes sense. I can see that. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a funny little factoid. It's like, oh, it all it all comes full circle like when 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 you mentioned the world when you mentioned the turtle are you talking like the world turtle that's like kind of the the supreme god thing from it or whatever i don't even know the whole the whole thing i just know that there's a galactic a galactic, <laughs> a galactic turtle. turtle and it vomits and there's the universe and then but there's some type of dark entity that conflicts with it somehow and that's why it is and it's just and he's like you know what fuck it i'm going to maine because if i was a dark entity and i had the whole world to go to you know where i'm going <laughs> Maine. A place called no. Dairy is, that's not even spelled like yeah. Dairy. Yeah, exactly. Is it, 
is it uh is that in the new movies i haven't seen the new movie yet. no they just they just did the kid part. They, yeah they just do um they they reference the turtle i've noticed in it like there, there was I, I kept seeing turtles in the movie it Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't really talk about it. It's just, but they kind of allude to it, just to play around. But there was like little Easter eggs, and they were all turtles. Um, well, was but I don't know the whole thing. So, well, what's interesting is that, um, so I mean, I'm not like I said, I'm kind of a lukewarm Stephen King fan, so yeah, I know enough too. that his stuff takes place in the same universe. And watching um, Dark Tower and saying they're trying to do a Marvel thing, like oh, okay, all these kids have the shine, and then at some point they're in like abandoned carnival and you see like all hail pennywise or some shit like that so just trying to find little way apparently randall flag which in the movie is called walter i'm not sure what the deal is with that randall flag pops who's the matthew mcconaughey character pops in other books that aren't horror stories so that kind of those kind of link together so even something like stand by me takes place in the it world and all that stuff like just he'll mention something Oh yeah, they drove by this town. And they stopped in the shop. This guy was there, you know. Like there'll be like one or two little things he mentions offhand in some book. Like oh, that links to this book over here. And then Dark Tower is the overarching thing that branches it all together. So That's crazy. So in a world where a couple of kids are looking for a dead body, a few towns over, there's a fucking clown eating people. <laughs> and, and, and a few towns, and, you know, a little bit south of that, there's maximum overdrive. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's part of his continuity. Because is there's no is there a book to it? Is there a book to Maximum? It's a short story called Trucks. Okay, then maybe was what what was the original? What what was the original? Because he has a bunch. This is probably more Stephen King than just Maximum Overdrive. What was the original Lawnmower Man? Wasn't that just about a guy like a mentally challenged guy who just mowed the lawn? Then one day goes like crazy and just kills the guy in his backyard. I only know the movie for Lawnmower Man. I don't know the book. It was a short story, I thought. I thought it was story. something like. That's a great I movie, it was though. Like... And, and, the, and the, the, that Just... actor in that movie who plays the Lawnmower Man is like a spitting image of like Trey Parker. It's, it's really uncanny. I'm <laughs> <laughs> to keep an eye. I've watched that movie. It's just crazy to me when I was watching this. You know, obviously there's different levels of involvement for Stephen King, but the same guy that gave us maximum overdrive in some way gave us Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. it's like it's just the spectrum is so so wide there. It's just God, like to me, Shawshank, Shawshank is the best movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. There, it's, it's in that echelon. I, I can't say definitively, but it's in that Shawshank, Goodfellas, Back to the Future. Those movies to me are like almost perfect. But um, and then you got Maximum Overdrive. I'm like, how did this come from the same brain? <laughs> but it did. I mean, it it's just ah, that's crazy to me. Well, I think it's just like that's that day Andy Dufresne got out and was murdered by a car that very same day <laughs> after crawling through a river of shit. Like that's how much? Just... He's like, ah, oh, doing that shit. All of a sudden, the fucking car gets in. That's who killed his wife. The green goblin. The car did it. Fuck, it was the Green Goblin. Yeah. I thought he was like, Andy, I think I finally found him. It just puts down like a picture of the Green Goblin car. Or it's a micro machine of it or some shit like that. <laughs> it's like on a keychain. Morgan Freeman's actually, yeah. He's Idris Elba's, Elba's character from the Dark Tower. <laughs> it's, all, it's all connected, guys. It was totally like this before. It's not just connected because, you know, cinematic universes are popular. This was like all connected before. So I just want to say this about Idris Elba in Dark Tower. 
I have no problem with Idris El playing him. I thought he did a fine job. My only thing is I want him to wear a cowboy hat. Because <laughs> he's a fucking cowboy. Yeah, was like that's my only complaint. He never wore a cowboy hat. I don't give a shit that they made him black. That's fine. He's a great actor. He could pull that off. I want him with a cowboy hat. Why the fuck do we have a Western and he's not wearing a cowboy hat? It's I just, just had to get that out. Yeah. It's that joke ever I've seen on Twitter a couple of times. Like there's a bunch of men in a room and uh, one guy raises his hand and says, So if you have to be gay with one guy and about ten guys interrupt, I'm just Elva. <laughs> <laughs> but I think really for like the credit of Stephen King is like you gotta like it when like a guy can make like, you know, something that is like, you know, award winning perfect film and then can also make something that is just super fun like maximum overdrive and he can go to all different places it's kind of like the same thing it's like what tarantino did because i remember when tarantino came out of dust from dawn or dust till dawn uh, people are like oh what's he making this garbage for like i thought he was this award-winning filmmaker and now he's making this horror movie crap you know that's how people kind of treated him when he did that so i think it is kind of cool when you mm-hmm. see people go like no fuck you i'm gonna do whatever i want <laughs> yeah yeah and i give him credit just for being a guy who gets so much shit done i mean yeah. he's like i can complain about this or that story but Shit, I've not. I, I won't. When I die, I won't have nearly as much done as him. So I've been writing the same article for a week. This dude, <laughs> like, puts out like all kinds of shit, man. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, he cranks. Like, uh, yeah, he really does. Because you you it's, always it's kinda, forget how many Stephen King stuff there is. You know, you think the you think like the top ten big ones, and that's like that barely even scratches the surface of how much mm-hmm. work he's done. You know what I mean? And it's just like, especially when his name's just tied to other stuff. They're like, oh shit, I didn't realize he was connected to that. And you know, and he does comic books, and you know, he's in here movies and stuff that like a lot of times don't even have books based off of them, and so on. It's just interesting all the different things he does. He's on the first writing. volume of American Vampire. Yeah, he writes he writes half of it. <laughs> He was there's a picture of him. He goes to like Boston Red, Red Sox games and he'll write during the game. So he's like, I just want to get out. So he'll be sitting in the crowds at Fenway and he's writing. But like there's a baseball game going on. See that that's it's when you got that it. kind of money where it's like, you know what, I could go down to the coffee shop, but instead I'm just gonna go to the front line of the baseball game <laughs> and just get some ideas yeah. going. Just yeah. something we score. Oh, that's nice. Good, very cool. Just goes back to writing. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose one's like you know you can watch, you know some people sit at home and watch the game. Stephen King goes to the game and writes. Yeah. Leaves his mansion in Maine. You know, goes down to the Fenway, writes for a while, drives back home. <laughs> you know, probably got season tickets. Yeah. Exactly. Because well, it's weird the thing is it's like, you know, there's only so many authors that are like ginormously big, like Stephen King. Like you know, what I mean, like even like nowadays, you think like. If you were an author, could you get to that same level as Stephen King? It's like I don't think that's really even possible. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, who the hell? Who who is in that category that's gone on for like forty years? I mean, there's big authors, you know, like John Grisham and Michael Crichton, Clancy, Clancy. And yeah, Tom Clancy. Yeah. Tom Clancy's pretty close, I would say, but that's even yeah. still because he spanned into video games and really, I think if Tom Clancy never went into video games, I don't think he'd be nearly as big as he was. I think the video games is what made him a household name. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, you know, you got movies like Hunt for Red Splinter Cell and all that. Yeah, but I think Splinter Cell's like that made every child know who Tom Clancy was. And Rainbow Six. I think, and this, and this is more of kind of like for this one franchise, even show, even though she does primarily write, I guess, mystery novels now, but I mean, I guess you got J.K. Rowling, and that's not 40 years of work behind her belt, but that's like close to 
20 and her name still sells a book. So well, her name sells a book and I'm not saying, you know, that's, that's like a lot, but she, that's all she really has though is Harry Potter. She's not like, Oh shit, yeah. she wrote this thing too. Or, you know, and like, and you know, I mean, she's, she's not jumping genres or anything like that. And just, you know, you find her just, she apparently mostly writes mystery. It's like, Oh shit. Now, she was the director mysteries. of Creed too. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like, you know, you, yeah. where Stephen King's you that one where like, you'll now, just Harry. keep finding him in like the weirdest places. You're like, oh, oh. He primarily usually, it's weird. He'll usually stick to horror. And if he's not doing horror, it's like some intense drama of some sort. That's kind of what it usually seems to be. And, you know, I'll say stand by me. I mean, I could see, I could see him. All right, here, here's actually something. Here's a Stephen King thing that I think is absolutely perfect. Um, Misery. I think Misery is a perfect Stephen King book and movie. Um, I think uh, the one, though, that it's just, it's probably the most like, oh, I guess that's Stephen King is Stand By Me. I think that one seems different from everything else he's done. Aside from, it's like Stand By Me and, um, and, um, Maximum Overdrive, two most different things. And then this Running Man's pretty different. I mean, like it's like more sci-fi, less, less uh, more, more kind of sci-fi that. action. But you've seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh well, yeah, I've seen that one, but I know the book's way different. So. It's still pretty. I mean, like it's not like I mean it's different because it's a book and it has that, but it's the same concept. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I, I assumed it was. I thought. I, I thought it was just like a hard-boiled kind of like. Not super sci-fi-ish. I thought in the, the book, I thought it was one of those things where it's like more modern day type shit. No, it's kind of like Green Mile, something he did too. Which one? Green Mile. Oh, that's right. He did that one too. Though I will say, Running Man's one of those ones too, where I think the movie's better than the book. Because there's there's a part where he does it all, where he just like because he he touches people and he knows they know, and he spits bees into their mouth or whatever. Yeah, there's some there's something weird in there. Always I would hate to be the guy that ha- or the group of people that have to clean out Stephen King's house when he dies. <laughs> the kind of shit you're going to find. Oh, my oh, God. Imagine. Uh, well, there's going to be so many crazy fucking books that he's probably not even finished. Or he's just yeah. like, ah, oh, this is my best word. Kicks to the side like, <gasps> it part three or whatever. We never yeah, got so. an it part two, but I found an it part three. <laughs> and his house is probably built on an Indian burial ground, just like half the movies are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're remaking. They're remaking Pet um, Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they, they got uh, John Lithgow in there as um, Herman Munster. Oh yeah. Oh, you don't want to go down that road there. now. You see? Up there's a Pet Cemetery up there. Some... Don't want to go there. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. I like how South Park always has that guy, and he's always cleaning the same like auto part whenever they show up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just makes me laugh. It's like it's... they can come in, like it's like the Amazon man's come, has come for your woman. He's got a free taste of pussy, and he's never gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> the one about that new Pet Cemetery, though, if they don't end it on the Ramon song, is it really that good then? Because <laughs> that really makes the movie to me. Is Pet Cemetery when it ends? You go like, I don't want to live in a pet cemetery. Don't want to live my life again. 
Yeah, you're so uh, you saw me. It's got to have that pretty much. <laughs> they... be like eating, like starting Star Wars without the cross. Yeah, exactly. At this point. That would be like to not have that. a few times. It feels awkward. I know it feels weird when you go see a Star Wars movie and you don't have like the crawl, or even it feels weird about the 20th Century Fox logo. I'm sorry, like just that. That's kind of like the prep thing that gets you into the mood. Are they gonna like now that they own Fox? Like, I don't know when that starts. I'm assuming like January. Because uh, pretty much everybody signed off on it now. I know it's sad. So it's I so guess sad when they that own Disney owns Fox, so much. It really it's is terrible. We should not have monopolies it, like this. But see, I, okay, I get mad about it. I'm like, fuck <laughs> Disney, and then I'm like, oh, that streaming service is coming out. I'm getting that shit. I'm going to watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> like, like it's coming out, and I'm definitely going to. It's, it's going to be less than Netflix. It's going to be cheaper, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get that. But um. Yeah, I guess when now that they own 20th Century Fox, when they they could they'll own now they'll own a New Hope now too because it's the only one they didn't own. So now I guess they could bring back the Fox fanfare if they really wanted to. Yeah, I guess they could bring. Yeah, could. I, I don't I don't think they need that. I mean, it's one of those things where they could do that if they wanted to, but I I don't mean I kind of I don't think they need the 20th Century Fox. I mean, when you when you first hear it, it's a little jarring, but now we're like five or six of these movies in. I'm like, okay, I can. I can get behind it or whatever. Not even not five or six. I'm gonna say we're four in, right? We're four, four in. Yeah, still way four too in. much. And I love Star Wars. I think here, here's the thing. I just want to say this with Star Wars compared to Marvel, real quick. Just the pacing. I think the one reason why people are able to hop on Marvel movies one after the other is because, like Marvel, it's like we might get a Captain America movie, but we're gonna get another Captain America movie three to probably four years down the line, where. In the meantime, we've got some other Marvel character to kind of take up. Like, oh, look, here's Guardians of the Galaxy. Now it's Doctor Strange. Now it's Spider-Man. Now it's another Iron Man or whatever. Where Star Wars, even though they have, like, expanded universe stuff they're making, it's still kind of the same characters we've always been following for the most part, with the exception of Rogue One. So I think that most people are also keen on to that. Like, wait, wait, the last one was moving forward. Why is this one a prequel all of a sudden, you know, so. Also people fight about it nonstop. And then usually there's like a break period. And now it's just mm-hmm. like, I'm pissed about this and I'm pissed about this. And I'm also pissed about this. And it just doesn't stop. And it makes you hate it because it's like, shut the fuck up and let me like this kid's movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah at, at the end of the day, you shouldn't hate having more. That's what I always feel. You know what I mean? It's just, Oh, I mean, I watch them all over and over again. I watched solo like four times and this is probably my least other than the prequels, it's probably my least favorite Star Wars movie, and I still watch it <laughs> all the time. I mean, it's, you know. Well, it's like, it's one of those things where, I mean, I like all the Star Wars movies, um, with the exception of Attack of the Clones. But um, I love Attack of the Clones. I'm just but it's one of those it. things. You're going to be there. He's, he's dying on that mountain. Don't fight him on it. You, you said you like I, it. I love the prequels. I actually like the prequels more than most of the Star Wars movies. I like a lot of the prequels. The only thing I hate about Attack of the Clones is the 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 deck scene where he goes to the diner. Oh yeah, yeah. I hate oh, nineteen fifties <laughs> diner in space. Yeah. Like what? It's uh, American Graffiti. George. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what's going to say, George. This is not American Graffiti, bro. This is <laughs> like this is Star Wars. And when you make Indiana Jones in a few years, remember that's Indiana Jones, also not Star Wars. <laughs> Just kind of remember that. <laughs> I don't know. But I like, know we got uh, way off track, but still. Oh, just the whole thing with Star Wars. I just think that it's just too much. I think they it went from this thing we've got once in a while, this thing we get every year, and you already got things already kind of 
inspired by star wars they're coming out every year on top of that so it's kind of yeah i think it's a little too much for most people you know is the stephen king uh sorry to interrupt uh, oh, is the stephen king shared universe kind of dead now i don't know i think it died with i think they're playing dark what tower. they're playing to do with dark towers the original plan was to make a dark tower movie have a season of the show and then come out with another movie and go back and forth like that. We would have a movie continuing things forward. And then you'd have a show that takes place back when he was in training and all that kind of stuff. And so I didn't have to pay, um, once he was, he was younger, so he wouldn't have to pay, um, um, uh, Idris Elba, uh, absorbing amount of money to be in this TV show. But it's one of those things like, it's a cool, ambitious idea. You just gotta. I mean, I wish I liked Dark Tower more. I liked moments of it. I thought it was just kind of okay. But I mean, it just—it was one of those things. It could have been anything. It could have been super violent. Could have been the crazy horror sci-fi western thing. It was—I think it was meant to be. But they kind of made it PG-13 and had a heavy emphasis on this kid. It's just like I can relate to a fucking western for to like a fucking cowboy from another like world. It's not like he's a fucking talking robot. He doesn't need to like meet a fucking kid and get to know him. Like, oh, we really needed that shit. I can probably relate to the talking robot fine by by that, but I don't know. It kind of just one of those things. Like, why are we why we why do the last action hero for this kid when we just focus on Roland? Yeah, it kind of did the thing where it felt like it went for like alternative comic two thousands. You know, like those kind of movies where they make them, where they 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 have all these grand ideas they could go with, but they just kind of go off the the simple path, the least violent path, and it's not a bad movie, but there's nothing really to take home from it either. That's kind of how I felt. Like I, I enjoyed it, it, but like it wasn't like it wasn't one of those movies where like shit, I can't wait for the next one. It's just like, well, if the next one comes out, I'll see it. But yeah, definitely not going out and buying this, I guess. I mean, there's some really cool concepts. I like how crazy some of the shit is. I like how like they have the people with the rat faces, just kind of Matthew. You know, I just there's a lot of things in it that I liked, but I already like Dark Towers. So mm. I'm not like an expert on it, but I already kind of like Dark Towers. So when I do know of it, like oh, I remember that, I remember that. But then I don't know. I'm just yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did. It, it died. I know it's it's kind of it's one of those ones, you know. Sometimes I feel like it's forgotten the face of its father. They just need, they just need to go the distance in some of those movies. I think it's one of those ones when you got weird concepts, you got to go full hundred percent of the way. You can't go about like fifty percent of the way and start backpedaling. And I think that's sort of like what these movies kind of do sometimes. And it's just like no, 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 just just go the whole way. Just like just see what happens. You know what I mean? Because if you backpedal, it's a guarantee the movie's not going to do good. But if you go the full distance, mm-hmm. you're still rolling the dice. But I feel like you have a higher chance when you go weirder than if you just kind of stay and just do kind of something generic, you know? Yeah, well, apparently... Like, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I feel like a lot of the stuff that is written today that turned out to be bad movies with good concepts, they should have been TV shows. Like, um, you know, a lot of Stephen King, like probably Dark Tower should have been just a TV show to begin with, gives you more time to get into the world. Assassin's Creed's another one that I felt like, man, this would have been a great TV show. You got a little bit of time to spend here, a little bit of time to spend there, let it build, marinate instead of just trying to shove it all into a movie. I think they do that, especially with Stephen King stuff. I think a lot of it would be better if it was – because Netflix shows now play like a book. It's not like – old tv shows like on amc where it's like okay we got to put this much in it and then there's a commercial and this much in it and there's a commercial we got to structure the show based around advertisements now it's like oh netflix one show's 50 minutes next show's 42 next show's 55 you know it's just like chapters in a book so mm-hmm. i don't know i'm glad they're kind of bringing some of his stuff to tv it seems like it's working better 
Well, apparently that Castle Rock show is supposed to be really good. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard that too. And that's kind of meant to be another Stephen King universe thing because it's about like, but it's more the horror stuff, not so much Dark Tower stuff. Keeping the Dark Tower parts out of it. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they do with the Dark Tower next because that was that thing that people waited so many years for it to come out. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, we tried it, whatever. I guess it wasn't that good of an idea. Well, it's one of those things they originally got Ron Howard. Ron Howard was going to do it. Oh. And he was the one pitching the idea of like, yeah, we're going to do a movie. We're going to then do a TV show. Because like Dark Tower was one of his favorite things. And then as things go along, they got a dude, no no offense to this dude, but they got a dude who's probably a lot cheaper and probably just would bend to their will because he's like, hey, Ron, so what's this about, what's this, you forget the face of your father? Well, that's his code. That means you've lost your way. Can't we just say that? Like, no. No, I'm fucking Opie. You better listen to me, bitch. (laughs) I'm Opie Taylor. I made Grand Theft Auto, the movie. (laughs) I loved how, like, do you remember when Grand Theft Auto 3 came out and was really popular? They re-released Grand Theft Auto (laughs) with the Ron Howard one, and it had a cover that looked reminiscent of, like, the cover of Grand Theft Auto 3. I love that when that came out. You know he had to get a big check out of nowhere. He's like, what's this for? Oh, shit. Grand Theft Auto. Well, because you know that there's so many kids probably went to a blockbuster and went, fuck, there's a Grand Theft Auto movie? I didn't know this was based on a movie. You, you know that they did that and they rented it. You know, that probably that movie probably skyrocketed in, like, sales and rent all of a sudden. Like, when's this redheaded kid going to pull a gun out and shoot a hooker? <laughs> well, I thought he was supposed to be Italian. Well, whatever. You know how it is when they make adaptations. <laughs> But uh, but no, see, I think that's one of those ones, like, I think if you would have had somebody like Ron Howard, who, like, was really into it, super director, super actor, and just let him go to town and don't question it, I think they, they really need to start doing the thing that they do in Japan, where when they hire a director, they let the director just go to town. That's what it is. They're like, well, we made our decision. When we chose this director, we gave him full control and we let him do it. I think that's a smart idea, instead of trying to come in there and be like, well... Well, are you sure that's the right idea? Because I think once you start questioning a director, it's like, well, why'd you hire a director? If, if obviously you don't mm-hmm. trust that judgment, then why aren't you doing it yourself? Like, can't we give him a funny sidekick? Make it voiced by Kevin Hart? Yeah. The kids <laughs> love the Kevin Hart. Actually, there's a movie coming out where Kevin Hart actually looks serious. It doesn't look like he's going to be the goofy, like, Chris Tucker ripoff. Huh. Yeah, well, Good for him. I was like, oh, he's Excuse. reaching out because that's what he always feels like. He feels like you're getting like the short, cheap knockoff of Chris Tucker, who's not nearly as funny as Chris Tucker. Now, granted, I'll say Kevin Hart does have a handful of jokes that like just like anything, you throw enough jokes out there, you're going to hit a good one. But for the most part, I just kind of feel like I just feel like I'm watching a recycled character. His yeah. stand-up's decent. It's his yeah, his stand-up was a little bit better. I was okay. a little bit more impressed with stand-up. It wasn't anything amazing, but I was like, oh, okay, he's a little bit more dialed in here. When he's in the movies, he just kind of feels like recycled 90s character. Yeah, unless he's with The Rock. He does okay with The Rock. Yeah, because there was, that one, they, they play there was a, that one Rock movie with him in it, and it was like, um, God, what was that one called? Central Intelligence. Yeah, that one was actually pretty good. I was actually kind of surprised. Yeah, it was decent. Like, he was written well in that one. I was like, oh, okay. Well, then again, The Rock generally mostly is the saving grace of everything. Like, you put The Rock in something. Pretty much anything. You know, except for that Jumanji one. That was the only one that was like, I mean, The Rock was amazing, don't get me wrong. And his name was Spencer, so that just made me that. When I kept hearing my name, like, (laughs) you kept hearing Spencer, and it's like, it turns us like The Rock looking. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a good day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just waiting for a movie where it's just like, I don't know. Or I just see, already see a poster right now of like what are those little like 
things like parents have to hold their like their oh babies or like God. right here You're i right. can just see kevin hart in one of those the rock by like like rocks wearing one of those <laughs> kevin Hart's little in baby harness thing yeah <laughs> i could definitely see some shit like well, that there's the, the, the the that wayne's brothers Rock's movie that was kind of like that junior no not junior it wasn't called juniors you're not wayne's one. brothers yeah was there one called Junior Little, little Man? Oh, maybe. Oh, little yeah. Man, I think you're that's right. what it was called. Little Man, Little Man. Because <laughs> that's when, God, when you said right, that, that was, this, was a picture came to my mind. From the makers of Tooth Fairy, <laughs> <laughs> Man Baby, comes another wild adventure from Walt Disney Studios. A bottle, bottle. I thought I was breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> This fucking May, get ready for a, for a baby of a party. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I don't fucking know what's in the paper. <laughs> baby of a party. Oh, but um, well, I know it's getting late for you there, Wes. So we probably can wrap it on up, so you don't have to stay up too late there. But um, if you've never seen Maximum Overdrive before, it is a movie so worth checking out. Now. Granted, I will say it is one of those ones, if you weren't there for it, like, you know, in the 80s or 90s to watch it when it kind of was originally out, it might be, I don't know, it'd be an interesting, it's it's an experiment of a movie. Like, either I feel like you're going to think it's amazing, or it might just be kind of hokey, or it might not be your thing. It just depends, I guess, on the person who, you know, how much they can go into an older movie, but it might not stand out nearly as much, but... To me, as a kid growing up watching Maximum Overdrive, it was like one of the most ultimate experiences. And I don't care. At the end of the day, it's probably my favorite Stephen King story, creation, what have you, of all time. You know, the only thing to be close to it's The Running Man. But um, mm-hmm. I feel this one's more Stephen King. Like, Running Man's kind of like, oh, here's the Running Man idea of that. And it's kind of, you know, everybody else taking off with it. Where this one's like full Stephen King, as Stephen King as you can get for a movie. And to me, it's like, I know The Shining's a much more well made movie. But mm-hmm. Maximum Overdrive does put that little bit more of a smile on my face. Just going to say it. You know what I mean? That's where I learned about ACDC. That's where I learned about Amelia Estevez. You know, watching trucks kill people. Like, as a kid, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. I agree. It's, uh, if you could snort a film, this would be, <laughs> this would be the one you would very, choose. Oh, very snortable <laughs> movie. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you if you're like somebody who's really, really, really into movies and likes, you know, taking in different things and appreciating different styles, and you know, just want to do something like you could appreciate something that's bad but is ostentatious and wants to try something different. This is pretty good. I mean, it's there's there's plot holes everywhere. So if you're looking for like a really solid narrative, <laughs> like I want to be told a story tonight, this isn't your movie. But if you want the movie version of Cocaine, <laughs> this is your film. Well, saying that, I'll, I'll say it first. When I first watched this movie, I was not like a big fan of it. And I not that I disliked it. It just didn't jump out to me. But then I kind of thought about it a little bit more. And then while I was working on something, I kind of put it back on and watched it again. And I was like, oh, you know what? I kind of realizing what the movie is the second time around. I liked it a bit more. So it's by no means a favorite movie of mine, but I'm glad we watched it. And mm. uh, definitely, I think you put it, I mean, keep it in the headspace of when the movie came out, what the movie's trying to be, and it is meant to be satirical. And if you could snort a movie, you're right. I mean, ACDC does the music for it. So, I mean, what that's other? So fucking great. It really and, is. And like, you know, that's where the Who Made Who ACDC song comes from, is from Maximum Overdrive. Mm. 
You know, that brought ACDC back even bigger and stronger. So got to thank that movie for that. Mm. I got one more cool factoid before we're out of here because I forgot to mention this, but it's, it's an amazing factoid. When Stephen King was originally putting this movie together, he wanted Bruce Springsteen to star in it. Oh. <laughs> well, the main character makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> yeah. He's way better than Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Can we He's get Bruce boss. Springsteen? No, we can't get Bruce Springsteen. What about Emilio Estevez? Like, that, 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 that's a jump. Probably. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was watching the special features and um, Stephen King was walking around with a Born in the USA shirt on. It was like, it all starts making sense. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Bruce Springsteen was like, that's peak he, that's peak era Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah, Springsteen dude, that, right that, there. that album like came out. He was as big as you can get for Bruce Springsteen. So talking yeah. about that was probably what it was. Like, like it's a Bruce Springsteen. That would have been awesome, though. I just thought about that. I'm like, oh, my God, Bruce Springsteen, like, firing a rocket launcher off in a semi-truck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to still keep the ACDC yeah. soundtrack for some reason. Yeah, but, yeah. And, yeah. But maybe you would have got the Bruce Springsteen mashed up with ACDC song. I don't know what that would have been, yeah, but I would have loved to hear it. <laughs> we need a collab. Yeah. We need it. We definitely need a collab. Uh, that's almost Bruce Springsteen playing in this movie. First of all, that's great because even if he's a shitty actor, which he probably is, it wouldn't have taken anything away from the film. You know what I mean? It was just added to it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that's almost as good as the idea of having the Droogs be played by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's pretty because that was the original idea. Is to have them play it. So, yeah, Bruce Springsteen would have been. The Rolling good. Stones play who? The Droogs and Clockwork Orange. They were that supposed to play. Sense. They were supposed to be the Droogs. Which, when you watch the movie, my like, oh yeah, that's pretty much what they were doing anyway. Uh, yeah, that, it's just running around know. raping people. So you know, Charlie Watts. You know, Charlie Watts was the one that got kicked in the balls and kicked into the river. That's all of the Charlie Watts one. Or Bill Wyman. Yeah. Or Bill Wyman. Well, that's kind of like when they originally wanted to do uh, when Stanley Kubrick wanted to put Lord of the Rings together. Now we're just going on a factoid's journey, but whatever. When he wanted to put Lord of the Rings together, he wanted the Beatles to play the Hobbits. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, like in the '60s. Like, think about how cool that would have been. Watch the fuck out of that. Look, like I don't. I have to be honest. I don't like Lord of the Rings that much, but I would like that Lord of the Rings a lot. (laughs) Well, here's the thing too: the Beatles are amazing (laughs) actors anyway. So, like, that would have just been super like awesome. I I don't know if it would have turned to like a song and dance at some point, but you know. Oh, of course. (laughs) Shit, there would have been a tie-in album. (laughs) Well, first of all, Gandalf would have been hitting the pipe a little harder. (laughs) <laughs> Beatles version. <of> okay, <laughs> let's just be real. Gandalf, pass that shit over. Ah, uh, but okay, Wes. Too strong for you, As we're getting out of here, where's the best place for everybody to find your material at? Man, you know what? These days with podcasts, you get that RSS feed. They throw that shit everywhere. I'm on. I'm on podcatchers I didn't even know existed. I'm like, um, how? Where did this thing come from? <laughs> Overcast, Last FM. How the fuck did I didn't I, I didn't know K this, <laughs> but I'm there. So pretty much, if you have a podcatcher, you can find via VHS new episodes on the way. Uh, definitely want to get y'all on for whatever. Honestly, whatever y'all want to do, I've got a list of 500 movies starting from 1970 to to 1999. Whatever you want. Except for Air Force One, because Spencer and I have already we did done that. that we also have two mysterious episodes floating out in space on your computer. Yeah. But if you don't put those yeah, up I, at some point, I'm going to do an Old Man Orange Presents episode. <laughs> you know what? You could do that. I think we could do that, because I don't even know what Via VHS is going to be when it comes back exactly, which is 
Well, I've never released them because things kept happening and like the show was on kind of hiatus and kind of not. But um, and plus one time I watched the wrong movie. We were, I thought we were doing Escape from New York and we were doing Escape from LA. So I'm like, yeah. And I just, re- I, I literally had just got done rewatching it. Sat down, like, oh, movie's over. Let's do this shit. And so we're we're talking Escape from LA. I'm like, oh, fuck. See, because I'm the only person so we can do it before and after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm the only person that would come on a podcast and choose Escape from LA to be the one to watch instead of Escape from New York. <laughs> Oh, uh, but no, I think, um, if anything, um, in the near future, if, if, if you don't put those episodes up with, you know, I'll put them up as an old man orange presents and we can do the escape from LA and the Godzilla one. Cause did you put the, you didn't put the Godzilla one up either. No, but it's edited. It's, it's actually put together. Oh, okay. It's, um, it's just sitting there. It's yeah. I need to, I need to do that. Yeah. I might even send that to you tonight. Yeah. Cause it, but yeah, you can have them. They're all yeah, yours. If anything, I'll, I'll, I'll either upload them and I, yeah, if you don't have them edited, I still have the copies on my end too. So no matter what, okay. But um, but yeah, no file should ever go un you know unused in the podcast world. <laughs> There's always good. Yeah, I agree. And plus, I thought it was just fun because Godzilla was another movie too. It's like that's a movie that I love that I know that a lot of people don't care for. But I'm like, you know what? I can talk good childhood memories on this. But uh, but yeah, we gotta do this again soon. I know we always say that, and then um, well, it's never too far off, I guess. But um, there's always tons of more movies. Oh yeah, God, there was something we were gonna do that we talked about last time, and I know we're just dragging on now. But um, I can't remember what it was. But we're like, oh, we should so do that movie next time, and you know, you know how that goes. Next thing everybody forgets. But oh, it was uh, it was uh, Django. It was the other one. Django. The yeah, Django that. The, whatever the, the the second one, the sequel. I think it was the sequel to Django. There's the one where it's all where he's going to another country to get his daughter back or whatever. That's right. And I bought that movie too. I got it so I could just copy the DVD and send it out. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what you were talking about doing. And that's not something that's on my list, so it'd be perfect. Yeah, that'd be fun because that movie's kind of hard to come across too. And I won it on eBay, so so I got the DVD copy, so mm. I could make some copies and send them out. So that'd be fun. But oh uh, yeah. But till then, you can always check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, comic books, music, and all that fun stuff. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, and I'm Ryan Dunnigan, and our special guest Wesley Younger. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Sure, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, animation, and a whole lot more. We also have the Old Man Orange blog going with all kinds of fun stuff. If you easily want to support the show, use one of our Amazon links either on the website or in the description of the podcast below. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show either on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Newgrounds, or anywhere else that you seem to get this podcast from. Grab the sitcom-styled comic book Pizza Boys on either Comic Central, Comixology, or Amazon. Want more podcasts? Check out the Indie Comics Club over at Comic Central. I also got a workout website called Thor's Hidden Gym. Filled with fitness tips and tricks, videos, and a whole lot more fun stuff in the calisthenics world. Talk to us on Twitter, at Spencer S. Holmes and Dunnigan Ryan. Like our Facebook pages of Old Man Orange Productions and Pizza Boys Comic. Thanks again. We're out of here. I feel like this would be a good movie for him to talk about. He's in the area of this film. You know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. too perfect not to. But, um... They, they- they make Wilmington look so bad in that movie too. <laughs> Wilmington's nice. <laughs> Wilmington's really nice. I was like, oh shit, this is like the worst version of Wilmington. <laughs> I know. I kind of saw it in the special features. Like, oh, that's kind of a that's a fancy looking town there. Yeah, you're talking about how 
you're talking about how uh, Lucky Logan was kind of filmed by you, right? Uh, Logan, look, yeah, actually, Logan, Logan Lucky, yeah, yeah, that one's actually filmed closer to where I'm actually from because I'm not actually from the coast, I'm mm-hmm. from like Charlotte area, and that's it was filmed at the Speedway. Days Days of Thunder was filmed near where I was. Um, yeah, Patriot was filmed near me. Even better movie. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of it, not all of it. Yeah, I love the Patriot. God, that's Fucking one of the best. That, that movie's so good. Well, see, the reason Wilmington was used for this film, I imagine, and I'll let y'all go. I know y'all got to get off here too, but. North Carolina was becoming Hollywood East. Everything was here, especially a lot of TV shows like One Tree Hill and Dawson's Creek was all in Wilmington. And they had a bunch of studios and every like Iron Man 3 was eventually filmed here and it was getting all the film licenses and then they raised the taxes and now everything's oh, in Georgia. Yeah. Every like if everything's in Georgia now. Uh, they just built Pinewood Studios from London and they built a new one in outside of Atlanta and that was supposed to go in North Carolina. So it sucks. Well, it's like this Mad Max one. one point I mean, time. Mad Max. I mean, Maxim Overdrive. Um, uh, what's his name? The Italian dude. Um, uh, Dilo De Laurentiis. Uh, mm-hmm. He built one there, and they did like three other Stephen King movies just right in that lot, and that was kind of like the main thing, and they did a bunch of other films. So, Cape Fear. Yeah, Cape Fear they did in there. Yeah. Yeah, just so mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff was going on, and then, yeah, it's, it's funny, like, because that's the same thing that happened to, like, Tuolumne County, like, where I'm at, too, and where Ryan's from, too, as well, is they did the same thing where they pulled, they're like, whoop, we can get some money out of these guys, and then everybody left and never came back, so it's like, oh, there's yep. that, you know, the la- so, like, the last big movie that ever be shot here was Bad Girls. 1994, <laughs> you know, right after Back to the Future Part 3, that was the other, like, last big one, too, and the Unforgiven, you know, and then after that, oh. nope. After Bad Girls, Damn. they asked they, they they try to you know sucker them in for more money and never came back. I have to, I have to show you all a video. Um, I went and filmed when the last things I did was the the Hunger Games District Twelve. Mm-hmm. It's just up the road from my grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like it, in once you get closer to the mountains, there's like a bunch of old mill houses that are abandoned, and so that town is like right there. Huh. And you could walk around District 12. It's nuts. And now, like, they're starting to get people who have so many people go that they've started, like, a tourist thing. And so you're supposed to, like, check in and, like, they give you a tour. And I'm like, fuck that. I just, like, <laughs> walked around behind the house and then just did my own thing. And then I came across, across a tour group and the lady was, like, mean mugging me. I'm like, what's up? I already got my footage. Fuck you. <laughs> Dude, that's the one where you go there and you just kind of set up your own booth and you start to run the tourist thing and charge people admission. <laughs> Oh yeah, I would love to do you, shit like that. You, you just look at her, you do the like little Jennifer Lawrence like wave thing they do in that, or whatever that fucking hand thing they did. The, the two fingers or whatever. The two fingers, just yeah. walk out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I should have done. Damn it, you're right. I should. It's like this or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I definitely should have done that. It's, it's creepy there. It's creepy as fuck. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's odd. There, that and the Wizard of Oz set. The guy bought pieces of Wizard of Oz set and put it in the mountains, and it stayed oh. closed for like ten years. And you could sneak up onto it at night and just walk around like the Wizard of Oz at night in the mountains. And first of all, Appalachia is scary as fuck anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's all kinds of weird shit up there. Oh, that's that's actually just some tweakers like getting high in a munchkin house. Yeah, it's probably what it's like now. Actually, they open it during the fall. Now they've got it all renovated, and during the fall they open it. Um, when people go up there to see the leaves, and then it's closed the rest of the year. So during the summer, you can sneak onto this fake Wizard of Oz set. <laughs> well, I saw that out of the Furnace movie. I see what it's like over there. Yeah, that's that's at least North Carolina is pretty nice. 
but like the top, the northern part, uh, right before Virginia, and then like the southern part, right before South Carolina, it gets it gets crazy. But everything else is Asheville, where they built more houses, where Richie Rich, Richie Rich was filmed, and all that. That area is nice, but whew, there's some scary places. Once you get off the interstate for about 20 minutes, you better, you know, clench your butt and pray to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like chemicals out here. Mm, go the other way. <laughs> 